0: Hello and welcome to Franchise Me. I'm Andrew. And I'm not wearing hockey (laughs) pants. And this is the show where two friends go on a journey to find the ultimate movie franchise. Each week we will talk about a film or films in a series, breaking them down to see if they are truly worthy of being in a franchise. As we finish different series, we will compare and rank them among each other in order to find out which one is truly the best. This week, Ryan. Do you know how I got this podcast? It's The Dark Knight. Ryan, here we are. It's a big week. Like, I don't think there's any
1: way we let's, can really Let's speak about. It. I don't understand. Oh, no wait. Well, it's, <laughs> it's a big week. It's in, a big week. Like it's the worst Batman movie.
0: Yep, it's the be- it's the worst one ever made. Um <laughs> we haven't done that one yet. So this is definitely the one that we've been talking about that's going to be the worst one ever made. It wasn't Batman and Robin. It was The Dark Knight. <laughs> it wasn't that movie. It's this one. No, uh look, man, it's the Dark Knight. It's a big is a big movie and there's a lot to talk
1: about. There's a lot going on with it. And I'm excited to do it. Um, yeah, obviously this is a huge week, right? We can joke, we can laugh, we can whatever, right? But yeah. this is a, this is kind of what we've been building up to at least so far. And I know there's another really big movie in this series that we want to talk about um, that might go toe to toe with this one. I you know at, at the very end with the Batman, but you know this is no, like no, no. Dark Knight know. Rises. Yes, of course, <laughs> Lego Batman. But uh, you know when you say Batman to a lot of people, you know what's the best Batman movie? This comes to mind. This is mostly in the general consensus going to be considered the best Batman movie ever made. Yeah, I know. Uh, A lot of people consider this the best superhero movie ever made. Mm -hmm. A lot of people consider this the best Christopher Nolan movie ever made. Yeah. And it feels, you know, kind of fits the category. A lot of people consider this the biggest Oscar snub of all time, yeah, um, it didn't,
0: uh, it was not nominated, but no.
1: it changed the rules.
0: It did. I don't know if you this have anything, movie alone in, the, do you have the anything in the fun facts. I think that? I do have a little something What's about this. We changed did. this, changed the rules, yeah. To uh, that's, five how, to big ten. Was, that's that how big this was. That's how this literally changed the rules yeah. of
1: the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. You can say what you want about it, but this is a very important movie, yeah, it's a very impactful movie, yeah, and I think it's a very special movie to a lot of people, yes. Um, there is something about this movie. For me, that is just, it just draws you in, right? Like, this is one of the most, in my opinion, watchable movies of all time. Like, like, whether you like comic book movies, Batman movies, action movies, crime movies, thriller movies, suspenseful movies, like, this catches your eye. You would get sucked into this movie wherever you,
0: if you turn it on. Uh, at some random point, if you walk in a room and it's playing, you'll just get you'll get sucked in. You yeah. want to finish it. You want to you're finish like, it. Yeah, this is great. Like I love this movie. There's so much with it that works. It's it's also oddly enough, it's a bit complex too. Like it's a pretty layered movie. Yeah. <laughs> like when you when you really look at it, it is kind of a layered movie. Um, but I think it's also kind of. Um, Christopher Nolan's most like streamlined for a general audience, because I think later on he really starts to get like Inception, yeah, well, he, Interstellar, yeah. all these other movies, I think uh, Tenet even. Like, I think becomes he really very... starts to challenge his audience more, but I think this movie is layered to a degree, yeah. but I think he streamlines it really well so that you understand what's going on, because at the end of the day... It's a Batman movie.
1: This is the most blockbuster, like no one will get. Right? It's the most like, popcorn. Is, yeah, head. and then, you know, I was thinking about this too because, like, I saw there's still like I saw like theories and things speculating online or people like conspiracy theories about like how Christopher Nolan is going to bring the Snyderverse to Universal <laughs> and how and how he's going to spearhead the rebirth of Universal and the DCU shut now. is never gonna like people are saying all this. It's like. To me, and this is my opinion, Christopher Nolan is not a comic book movie director. He already came he is out a director that. who happened to make a few comic yeah. book movies or movies about a comic book yes. character. But he's not a comic book movie director during
0: the Oppenheimer run somebody somebody brought up the will you ever direct another Batman movie or anything like that he straight up said I'm done with superhero movies he said I think I've already put my time in he's like I'm done doing superhero movies I just want to do what I want to do now and he has every right to you know regardless of how we feel about Rises next week when we talk about it at the end of the day the Dark Knight trilogy is one of the greatest superhero trilogies of all time yeah they, you know, outside of maybe Batman Begins, those last two, all, the last two made over a billion. Yeah. So it's like, at the end of the day, these are successful movies, <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he, um, it, it's, it, it's like he put his time in, but he it, did what he had to do, and he has so many great ideas that I want to see him, yeah. uh, bring to fruition that's like, I wouldn't want to bog him down in the superhero Cause, world. Because even
1: that too, like, I know there's speculation of him doing a Star Wars movie or him doing a James Bond movie, but it's like... I want to see him do... Somebody asked me about Star Wars. You know what he said? Pass. Yeah. yeah I want to I, see him... That's an open door, my friend. I want to see him make a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. Because you know who makes Christopher Nolan movies? Only Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. And that's what I want to see. Yeah. Like, as people... Like, last, like, last week, when we talked about Batman Begins, we talked about Christopher Nolan. We had not seen Oppenheimer. Right. We have both seen Oppenheimer at this point. We have both seen it. We accidentally somehow saw it next to each other in the theater. We made it happen, though. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even an accident.
0: I... Well, I guess it kind of was because... Like, you had booked a ticket, I booked and a I ticket. booked a ticket
1: at a random spot. In the th- same row as me, th-
0: but I originally thought we were in yeah. different rows because I mixed up my Barbie ticket <laughs> with my Oppenheimer yeah. ticket, and I was like, oh, I'm in row I, you're back in row M, you know, whatever. But then I when I walked into Barbie, I was like, oh, wait, I'm in row I here. I was like, what am I... And I was like... Oh, I'm in the m with you. Yeah. And then we ended up sitting next to each other. There was the
1: kindness of a the family. The kindness of a family. Did not ask. They saw that we recognized each other and they were like, do you want to sit next do you want to, each to each other? They each were, were like, oh, oh my god, one. Yeah. Thank and then you. we ended up sitting next to each other and watching this movie.
0: We had not seen a movie together since, I believe, Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is a big deal. Um, it, it was it was a great movie. It was a great movie. This is an Oppenheimer podcast. No, no, no. But, but it, it's
1: a great movie. It, it, the, the man knows how to make a movie. He knows how the to make man, a movie. And he still has problems, he still has flaws, and and that's one of the things I was going to say, too, is now, like, you talk about his directing now, he's very much in the style of, like, time and timelines. Yes. And his his movies, he does not make a straightforward movie these days. Like, he has to, even Oppenheimer, which is just a biopic about this this guy. J. Robert Oppenheimer. You know, is not the guy who made the atomic bomb or spearheaded the project. It's not just a straight biopic. It's all over the place. It's time multiple timelines yeah. switched together, and yeah. you know, and like he he has his ways. Yeah. But like you said, this The Dark Knight is just no one making a. It's like no one's take. Like you know, Interstellar's no one's take on a space movie, or yeah. you know, Oppenheimer's no one's take on a biopic, and yeah. you know, things like that. The Dark Knight is no one's take, not on a combo movie, but on a blockbuster movie. Yes. Like he's like this is this is what I'm. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make a summer blockbuster. This is my version of it. I'm just gonna do it extremely, extremely extremely
0: well until he does Star Wars. Yes, bro, that's an open door. (laughs) Pass is an open door. To me, that's an open door. Do you think if he did a Star Wars movie, do you think it would be as divisive as Ryan
1: Johnson's? As the last, yeah, probably, yeah, because it would be all over the place. It would, yeah, because he wouldn't, he wouldn't want Luke or Han or Leia or or Ray or. Anakin.
0: And normally I'd say, oh, well, they're not doing that anymore. But then they came out and said, oh, we're continuing the Rey storyline, which is the Skywalker story. Because <laughs> she's a Skywalker now. Um, mm. So we're not really out of that saga, are, are we? So it's kind of like... "But would Yeah, but there's a fan
1: it, petition to remake The Last Jedi. So we're just waiting for that because those guys made a whole bunch of money. And that's totally coming. So we're just going to wait for <laughs> that, way. that fan remake.
0: Um, if Christopher Nolan did that, though, you're right. I don't think he'd use the
1: classic characters. I think he would make his own movie. And it'd be very... In fact, I think th- I think the movie that no one would make is the movie that James Mangold is going to make. Probably something like you know, what I mean, something yeah. that explores like the history of the Jedi or whatever. Like the one that he's making, yeah, that Mangold's yeah. making. Yeah, I feel like that that would be the 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 type of movie that no one would want to make.
0: I think he would, but I also think there's something really interesting about like maybe like a modern action, like a modern Star Wars movie that he would want to yeah. do. Um, I don't know. I I'd be really interested. I mean, you know, uh, we're fortunate that uh, Christopher Nolan. Won't uh, Taika Waititi it and be like, oh, I'm writing it. Oh, I'm gonna direct it. Oh, I'm gonna star in it. And just keep adding. <laughs> I mean, it's not gonna be you know. in it. now. Yeah. I, I still, you know, I I don't I don't uh, like that. That's already too much Taika, as I've <gasps> uh, as I've uh, deemed it. But like too it, much Taika, it, not enough Nolan. Not enough Nolan. But like, it, there is something fascinating about him maybe doing a Star Wars movie one day. Awesome. And, and, and I don't I don't know if I love the idea of him doing like James Catholic, Bond if, either. True. I'm not sure I love the James Bond thing because I'm like. It feels like Bond, there's so many of those movies. And there's there's a lot of Star Wars movies too, but I I don't know. If I'm Kathleen Kennedy, like, I'm getting Nolan on the phone. Like, you know, Star Wars, like, for all intents and purposes, as much as I love the franchise, I think we can all say this is uh, kind of a flailing flailing franchise at the moment. Like, we're not getting a Star Wars movie. I think they said now, 2026. Like, that's insane. Like, you know, and they keep saying, oh, we want to bring it back to theaters, but it's like... When do yeah, 2026 yeah. that's three years away you know so I don't know I I if if I'm Kathleen Kennedy and I want people to get back to theaters to see a Star Wars movie I'm hiring Christopher Nolan yeah because he'll get people he'll get in seats yeah we right, absolutely will,
1: but then the thing with the James Bond thing is, I know no one has come out and said that basically every single one of his movies in some way is inspired by the James Bond franchise. Tenet's the closest we're ever going to get. Yeah, but I, I don't know, man. They, there are very strong rumors with this that they want to reboot James Bond. Yeah, he's their guy. So we'll see. We'll
0: see. Uh, I don't I, know. I, you know, and
1: I mean, I would see it knowing James Bond, but I the, the James. I don't like. I don't but care he, about James Bond he, would movies. Would he
0: direct two or three of those movies? No, we would just, just one? do one. And then yeah. what's
1: the point of just doing one? Then you have this universe, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I, don't know. I think we have enough Bond. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I do care. too. But no, no one. Anyway, is, No night. one is so interesting <laughs> as a director and what he does here because this is a great blending. This is the perfect blending of like the comic book elements with the real world, like right. the, the dark and gritty nature of the real world. And we talked about this last week about how like. That was, like, his homage to a lot of the Batman tropes, right? Yeah. Like, I have to push a certain, you know, sequence of keys on a, on a piano to open up the entrance to, to the, the Batcave. Yeah. yeah, to go down an elevator shaft into an actual cave yeah. in the mansion and all right. this stuff. And then this one's, like, there's a penthouse. Yeah, there's, everything's so sleek and yeah, modern. Yeah, there's, there's a secret entrance in the old, you know, like, just, like, underground, just, like, it's a lair, but it's not a cave. It's just a room. It's just a room, right. and even that room that
0: he's in, it's just lit white. Yeah, like it's just this long lit white room, and yeah. you're like, oh, okay. And there's a computer set up in there. This but does.
1: I mean, this movie does feel a little James Bondish. Yeah, you know it I mean? does. Like, it's it the does. most James Bondish I think a Batman movie kid Yes, and, and and I believe next week we go back to the cave deal. If I remember yeah, correctly, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's kind of because like the the the, the man mansion's back. Yeah. yeah,
0: and he's. Uh, He's uh, hiding in the mansion. He's a, he's a recluse, which is fun. Um, but anyway, uh, The
1: Dark Knight. But this is, this is yeah, The Dark Knight is Nolan's way of being like, well, I'm going to do what I want. And yeah. I'm going to create my own elements. I gave you what you theme. wanted last week, yeah. and now I'm going to do what and, I want. And, and, and it makes sense, story-wise. I can make a detour, and it still makes sense. I'm not throwing this stuff out the window. It's right. coming back. And we see it back. Yeah. So that's why his way of like appeasing fans. Right. Which I think it would be interesting too if the Dark Knight came out like in today's world, fans would be mad that there's no cave, there's no whatever. Right. Although technically there's no there's no cave or anything like that in the Batman, so maybe not. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's not really a cave, is it? It's kind of like it's kind of like an abandoned uh, yeah. subway station, something like that. Yeah. something like that. But um, we'll get there in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But no, I mean it's it, because this is it is Batman in the real world, right? right. This doesn't and and we mentioned this too. Gotham doesn't really feel that much like Gotham. I mean, this feels like a city. Like Pittsburgh. Like I, this
0: feels like Pittsburgh. Yeah. I believe this Chicago. movie is Chicago. I was yeah. going to say, I believe this movie is Chicago and next week is Pittsburgh. But yeah. I believe this movie is Chicago and it it feels like Chicago. Yeah. Like you're you're walking and you're like, oh, this is Chicago. <laughs> like that's what this is. Like I'm looking at that. I, I don't love that. That's – again, yeah, okay. they, I, this kind of goes back to me saying like, uh, you know, Burton's Gotham was the best we'll ever see. Because, you know, again, this is just a city. We're just using an American city and all of that is fine and Gotham's not great but you know we have one of the best Batman stories of all time I think told yeah. in this movie but it's also um, too, like, it's also it's... a very performance driven movie yeah. I mean we haven't even said Heath Ledger's name yet yeah. and like holy cow right yeah. like incredible performance and we'll touch on that as obviously uh, there's a lot to talk about there but um, it, you know this movie just has so many It's it's layered the story is streamlined enough that a general audience can understand
1: it Oh, but and, it, this is this is a great movie for a, and that and that's why like we we kind of kind of Mike about like how this movie is like this is like the stereotypical movie for like an like the general <laughs> audience right like yeah. I mentioned a, a sketch from the uh, comedy group uh, Anti Donna. Where they did like a thing where they're like auditioning housemates and they're, right. and they're like, "Oh, a stereotypical <laughs> thirty-year-old white male," yes. and it's a guy just sitting there going, "The Dark Knight's a brilliant the Dark film. Knight's a brilliant film stars, <laughs> like it's and, the greatest movie ever made." And and I and I'm like, "Hey, it's funny, like because I share a lot of those sentiments, but it's right. also funny because it is so true. Because, yes. but why I think it is is because." This is the movie that really bleeds together the general audience with the more compelling thinkers. Yes. Uh, film lovers because there this this isn't and I kind of mentioned this last week too, but this isn't a Batman movie that has crime in it. It's a crime movie that also happens to feature Batman. Batman, right? Yeah. It's a police drama yep. that has a man in a giant suit lumbering around talking like this. Yeah. Like but no, it's, not at it's. the end of the day, like this is like a heat, or this is you know this is a just this compelling cop drama, yeah. Straight and, up. and you know de- you know it's not a detective movie, but like just a police I mean, thriller and things yeah, like that. For sure. And I think that, that that's what's so successful of it, and blending all these elements um, in a way that like makes a general audience almost fall in love with movie going again. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's kind of the power of this movie, and I think that that's why it has. That legacy, and that's why people flock to it. And why like, oh, those, those, those I think it's also the practicality of
0: everything. Like again, the stunts, everything's for the most part practical. I believe. Yeah. Um, I I don't. This is there CGI in this movie? I'm sure there I'm is sure. somewhere. Well, and even even um, like
1: something like Oppenheimer, where I know he had gone on record and say that there was no CGI in the movie. <laughs> There's CGI in the movie. He does not create images solely out of CGI. Yes. He uses CGI as a touch-up material. You yes. literally. I don't think you can literally make a movie these days without CGI. Like to touch like, things up to right. touch things up, or like, or you know, a big giant blockbuster movie without CGI, if you have to touch things up. You have to eliminate, you know, strings or whatever, right? Or, you know, anything, right? Like, you know, um, so I'm sure there's CGI in this in this movie. It's just. Using it to enhance it. Right. But it is... But it's,
0: but it's fascinating that both, uh, two of the biggest superhero movies of that, of 2008, Dark Knight and Iron Man, both rely on practicality, right? Before yeah, CGI. Yeah, because he's like, actually I'm in a suit. He's actually in a suit. And yes, the suit is CGI'd, but like a lot of the stunts and the explosions, like everything is practical. We talked a lot about that Yeah, on well, the Iron even, Man episode where we said everything the- feels real and this is the same. But exact even a thing.
1: lot of times in that movie, he uh, is in a suit. Exactly. No, a, and, yeah. and
0: I mean that's what I mean. Like he is in a suit, but like the sheen, you know, it's not that. No, shiny. He, they that's obviously I mean.
1: they, they CGI. Yes. Yeah, but
0: but like what uh, this is a, a really unique time. In superhero movies where then you look at the Dark Knight and everything is practical. Like it's not yeah. like it, it's not like you're watching a CGI explosion and he's in a CGI suit and there's all the CGI, you know, guys falling. Out. It's it it is all practical. The entire scene when they go into the tunnel on the yeah. highway. Practical. Like they yeah. shot that. Like that's a real shit. In like, the
1: very beginning of this movie when they do the bank heist and like within literally within like five seconds of the movie when the guy's um what's it called? Zip line down yep. onto the roof. There's a scene that like they, they hit the roof and the one guy like trips. Yeah. It almost feels like I have no idea if that's real or not, but it feels like that's what really happened. Like it feels like they did it, and the guy tripped. Tripped, yeah. And no one's like, yeah, it's realistic. No, it looks like, good. It in, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like, but uh, but then again, no one's the type of director that would be like, no, you're gonna zip line down and you're going to trip. <laughs> like you know what You're mean? gonna <laughs> zip line down and you're gonna break your ankle, and it's gonna be great.
0: <laughs> no, it, you're, you're absolutely right. Like everything feels real. Feel it's not like it's not polished where it's like, oh, you have to land perfectly because you know oh, yeah, what you're doing. Like no, these are like. Like clearly, the Joker hired some two-bit thugs, and yeah, well, yeah, you know, sure they can they can zip line, but they're not going to make the landing every time. Yeah. Like, it looks more realistic when you hit the ground and you trip, and you're just like, oh sh- sh- man! I and miss. Y- but
1: even then, you mentioned the Joker, right? And I'm sure this is in your fun facts, not the still a fun fact, but like the, the the urban legend, whether it's real or not, yeah, that's Heath Ledger doing that makeup. Like, he did it himself, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. that's not it's not like you know that's what I like about. And I'm sure we'll get into Joker comparisons and stuff, but that's what I like about this Joker versus the Jack Nicholson Joker. Yes. Whereas this is a a guy who's just deranged, yep. who's putting on a suit and dabbing some makeup on his face versus this weird medical experiment slash, you know, chipping an acid that gone wrong where he has the... You know, his skin's painted and well, like, his face think, is jacked I think up. I what he and... said
0: during that episode, at least for me, was it had to be that.
1: No, yeah, because for that yeah, for the world and for that, yeah.
0: The Joker's origin and the most accepted version at that point was him falling in the vat of acid. So you couldn't really do anything else. Without upsetting the comic book community, right? Like, you kind of had to do and that. And also, in that movie. I
1: think it's the easiest way to connect that world and. With every. Exactly. Yeah. Like,
0: you kind of have
1: to do This it. wouldn't work this, in that movie. You yeah. couldn't.
0: What they do in this movie would not have worked in 89. They would have been like, what are you doing? Like, how do you mess up a guy falling in a vat of acid? You kind of have to do it in that movie. But I agree with you in that I like, obviously, this is the definitive well, Joker, in my opinion. Like, yeah. This is the definitive Joker. Um, I don't think anyone's done it better. Sorry, uh, sorry, Joaquin. Sorry, Jared. Um, maybe another. Maybe what we talk. Unfortunately, we're not talking the DCEU, so we can't talk about the real great greatness of uh, Jared Leto's Joker. He's doing a Jim Carrey impression. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean this is the definitive Joker. Yeah. It's incredible. It's he's He has quotable lines, which is kind of wild that you walk away with that are scary. Um, he is threatening he's menacing you walk away from the movie genuinely afraid of this guy and uh it, it is it is i i can't say this enough it is a damn shame that we lost heath ledger yeah. because that guy what an actor truly
1: what an actor yeah.
0: and you just think about where he could have and, gone after this
1: and and all that like how Nolan uses all that in this movie too like you're talking about like the purpose of this movie or kind of like what this movie is about like it also has like A deeper meaning and a deeper message, right? This is almost no one's commentary, and I'm not an expert. I'm not going to try to explore whatever, but this is no one's commentary on like post nine eleven world, right? With about like how like you know, kind of like the NSA stuff, like listening on the cell phones, and and I know that one of the big complaints I saw about this movie is that's a little forced at the end. Where Morgan Freeman's literally giving him a lecture about how that's morally wrong and stuff like that or, you know, whatever. It doesn't bother me. No, but, like, in the, the Joker is literally a terrorist in this movie. Like, the Joker well, is you not... You have to use every yeah, tool at your expense to catch this guy. Yeah, I mean, but, like, he's not a common criminal or a prankster. No. He's a straight-up terrorist. terrorist. Yeah. It's Nolan's commentary, but he's also, like, in a way, too, It's it's not a... It's not somebody from outside the country. It's not somebody whatever, you know, It's not. It's not somebody from the Middle East or anything like that. It's just a. You know, we don't really. see, We don't. I mean, we actually do see his face unexposed. It's just a middle-aged white guy. Yep. Right. Like that's no one's commentary of like anybody can can do this. Yeah. Right? Like it's it's not a region or an area that that is bad. It's anybody can do right. what we did. What 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 happened what's happening in the world is awful, but it's also. It's Anybody not one specific person's fault, you know right. what I mean, and and or one type of one type oh, of person. What's fault, very I mean. specific
0: about his uh, about him without the makeup though is that he does have those scars. Yeah, oh yeah, those like, are like legit. He has yeah. definitive scars, and you're like, oh wow, like that's. Insane. Well, and,
1: and there's—I don't know if you have any of the theories about like where he, his Joker came from, or the origin of that Joker. I know I've seen things online over the years of like that he was like a soldier who like kind of like yeah, you know, maybe like returned from the Iraq War, right. or right? Or because he never really because he
0: tells two different stories yeah. about how he gets the stuff. Yeah,
1: I man, those clearly are not real. False. Yeah, right. But like you know, maybe he was a soldier who like the world kind of turned on him a little right. bit, like the the country turned on him a little, like there's ways to really look at it and yeah. I think no one's the perfect person to really do that because he's not American yeah and I think he's able to look at American culture and kind of like point at its flaws I as mean, an outsider and be yes. like well you know and he's not using this message but, to make fun of or put down anybody. he's trying to he's trying to guide people and trying sure. to to spread the word of what he feels is right yeah. or whatever but and even when you
0: look at the joker it's interesting you said like the the um the soldier thing, like maybe he was a soldier. You kind of get the vibe that he probably was because of oh, the way he moves. Well, the he really... way he moves, but also, but also how um, he's very much like a tactician. Yeah, like he's always steps oh, ahead, he how and it is, he's yeah. very tactile. He's very, he's like steps ahead of people. The way he's able to like set things up at specific angles, like when uh, uh, when brute he's not in the costume, but he goes up and the guys are all. You know, he's got tied the up. Timer he's got the up timer rigged up, the, up yeah. and it's aimed specifically at. the thing. Through, yeah. yeah, it's just like this guy like knows what he's doing. He's not an idiot. You he's know, seven I mean? steps ahead. Of he's it, seven right, steps right. ahead of everybody. He's thought of everything because, like, yes, he's deranged, but also very intelligent. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we can't. You also can't take that away from the character. Like, he's also intelligent, and you're kind of. It's scary, and like you said, he's very t- tactile, and it kind of makes you think like. Yeah, He might be a soldier, like he might be a soldier. Maybe he the worst, he has some him.
1: type of combat experience, yeah. or you know, like like you said, like strategic experience, yeah, of, you know, some of some sort. You yeah. know, he seems to know how to
0: handle himself in certain situations to get out of it. He seems to know how to handle a gun, like and a pencil, you know, and a pencil. I mean, the pencil trick is whew, that thud off that head. Oh man, I texted you. It's the same as a Gwen Stacy snapping her neck. That, that lives with you. You want to see but, a magic trick? Uh, not right now.
1: Uh, <laughs> I got a pencil. Nah, I'm good. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I will be doing the show by myself for the rest of time. I'm dead.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's. Look, there's so much that's been said about this movie, and I feel like we're going to be probably just saying the same things a lot of people have we'll try to find some new ground no. obviously I mean um, I, you know like it's this movie yeah. everyone's talked about it Yeah, that's the thing it's been what 15 years it, just hit 15, it years. just hit 15 years like who hasn't dissected this movie right but you know we have our take on things and maybe we'll break a little bit of new ground here who knows I very much want to talk about this movie okay. if you're ready we can jump in are you ready I'm ready okay I'm, I'm, not, ready. I'm not ready okay talking right. the Dark Knight uh, the I release, said I'm not ready release date July 18th 2008 In the U.S. and July 25th, 2008 in the U.K. Um, This is the last time this happens. Next week, they have the same date. I don't know why there's that separation. I don't know if it's maybe Batman wasn't as popular in the U.K. Or maybe they wanted a separate... It was always weird to me that the U.S. got it first and the U.K. got it second. But next week, they combined them. And I think that was because
1: it was the finale.
0: And people were really excited
1: for the finale. No one loves... He loves events. I, that no, he when that and he loves that. He loves that weekend. If you look at Nolan movies, he consistently goes for July and that mid-July. and that specific whatever it is, like the yeah. third or fourth third week of July, whatever it is. Season. Yep. Every single from I think it's, it begins where yep, whatever till just now, right? To yeah. Just Oppenheimer. Third
0: week of July yeah. is Nolan's sweet spot, and it seems to work for him because people show up. They show up, and I don't know what it is about that weekend. I wonder if it's. I wonder if he's like superstitious
1: about it. And yeah, you know I mean, what I mean,
0: like, I wonder if he kind of is like, no, I need that weekend or like, the movie. I, the, I'm not opening my movie to like, the
1: point that like, look, and I, like you said, I don't want to get into fully, but like, I want to just quickly like throw out the fact that like, what an event Barbenheimer like really oh, was like, God, it was like so we went cool. to, we were at the theaters together, like people were you walked out of the theaters or walked into theaters, and it's just an army of pink. Yep. Walking around, I saw a couple people in suits and yep. hats, you know, celebrating Oppenheimer and yep. stuff like that. Like it was cool. our theater, you know, we were an IMAX screening, yeah. And the first like three rows were completely empty because who wants to sit in those seats? But yep. like everything back it was filled. Was filled. Yeah. And I haven't been in a theater that packed since the pandemic, I think, or no, no Spider-Man No Way Home. I think it's the only other time I was no way in the home was probably the only other time. Yeah, because yeah. that was an event too. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. And I know there were some rumors that like he wasn't happy with like Barbie being the same weekend or like the crossover memes that people were making, but that ended up being the best thing for his weekend for his uh, for his movie. That <laughs> movie made eighty million dollars. Yeah. I know a three hour R rated half black and white movie. Yeah. Biopic about the guy who made the atomic bomb. Yeah, made eighty five million dollars in a weekend. Yes, and it's selling out theaters still. Still, I was telling you recently.
0: That's the power of Nolan. That's that's the power of Nolan. The guy knows how to make a movie. We keep saying it. The guy knows how to make a movie. And look, the whole Barbenheimer thing. He's like, oh, the crossover memes. I don't really like it. I'll I'll be one hundred percent with you. He's a bit of a blowhard. Yeah, you know, he's a bit of a blowhard. And it's kind of like, come on, just get over it. You know, it's like, be happy that like your movie's getting exposure like this. Like, oh, this w- is this is the yeah. best thing that could have happened to your movie. He, he would, the he, fact that fans are accepting both movies and saying we're going to see both and then I don't know for him to kind of be a curmudgeon in the corner a little bit like, "Oh, I don't really like the me." It's like yeah, grow up. The you movie is I mean? successful because of the because memes. of the memes yeah. and people are going to see that people were walking out of Barbie and going to Oppenheimer or the opposite walking out of Oppenheimer and going into Barbie. This is the best thing that could have happened yeah. for your movie.
1: It's literally but, was like, it was literally the fourth highest grossing Opening weekend, like or the yeah. or, 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 no, fourth highest-grossing weekend in movie in history. history.
0: In movie history, that's yeah. how crazy this was. It really worked in his favor, and Oppenheimer again. It, it's 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 a masterpiece. I think I will just say it now. I think it is. But like you know, it, it it worked in his favor a lot, and for that third weekend to really happen like this was really cool to see. And like you said, we were at that IMAX showing and. It's still selling out. It's still selling out theaters. I was I was about to say, actually, I was going to tell you, um, as we know, there's that 70 millimeter print yeah. out there. Only 20 theaters have it. Um, we're in a location where we're lucky that a theater near us has it. I was trying to find tickets for it. Every showing is sold out of the 70 millimeter. That's how cra- Like yeah. And people are probably traveling to see it. And people are probably traveling to see it. I was lucky to get into like a 1040 AM showing like... A couple, like I think, a couple weeks from now, or maybe next week, or something. As of the recording, as of this recording, but like, I am like, wow, people are really showing up for this. It's the power of Nolan. It's the power of Nolan. People love this guy, and they love what he's going to do. What, however, you feel about him as a person, the man gets people in seats. He does. He gets people in seats. It's what he does. He he is one of the few directors that it's like it's an event when Nolan movie comes out. Right? That's what it is. It is. So, I don't know. I mean, let's just tie this in. Directed by Christopher Nolan. Um, We just talked about him.
1: But, like, it's an event. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly uh, an amazing director. Talking about him in this movie. This, I feel like, and and I don't know where it actually is, but I think this is the movie where he kind of fell in love with the idea of the IMAX. I remember this being a big deal that he filmed... Significant parts of this movie mm-hmm. in IMAX because I think before IMAX was really only used for like documentaries or yes. nature video movies. Like, I don't know if you remember... It wasn't a big thing at this time. I don't know if you ever remember like, I remember going to like the Franklin Institute on like field trips and yeah. they would take us to like, they had an IMAX theater. Yeah. And like, we would see like, and I-, I remember seeing an IMAX movie in there but it wasn't a movie. It was like... New York. Yeah. Like, it was like, here's a documentary of a New Yorker. Here's the <laughs> New York skyline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the gimmick would be, like, you know, where you're a camera and you're going right over the Empire State Building yeah. or whatever building in New York and you're looking down on the city and you feel right. like you're going to fall out of your seat or whatever. Like, I remember, like, that being my introduction of NIMAX. And then hearing, like, oh, he took that and, like, applied it to movies. And, like, there's right. been people who try to copy that. But now, he like, he's, like, even again... Not to go back to Oppenheimer, but even in Oppenheimer, they literally created black and white IMAX film for that movie. For like that, that was yeah. not a thing that existed. Yeah. They they created that for that movie. Yes. Like the fact that he's pushing and he will always push for his movies. So like what he does in this movie is the way the way even on a normal screen. I watched I went through this movie earlier today and just skimmed through it on my computer. My computer and still it's absolutely beautiful yeah. and the music and, yeah. and just how it builds it suspense. Great. Like, everything is, is amazing and it's yeah. because of the attention to detail he puts into this mm-hmm. movie.
0: Yeah. Uh, can we also talk about with the uh, the IMAX thing how he fell in love with it? Yes, he created the black and white. They created the black and white film for him but he also made a three-week deal with the IMAX theaters and <laughs> off Tom Cruise. Can we <laughs> talk about that?
1: Hey <laughs> very <man>. quickly. <laughs> hey man, Universal has had his back. Really? Like, if I yeah. was Nolan, because I know there's rumors that maybe he'll go back to WB, where yeah. right, they showed up and gave him this big fat check to try I'll be, to i 100% with you. I would stick with Universal after that. After, and after the success of Oppenheimer and all I that wouldn't stuff. I I mean, look what WB... I mean, WB had a big hit with... They're flailing. With Barbie. But like everything that they're doing, it's yeah. a mess. I wouldn't go over there. I if would always him. <laughs> I'd stay with Universal. Absolutely. Yeah. You stay with Universal. Or I go can, to like, another studio. But if you, yeah, you know. if
0: you're really looking to go somewhere else, go somewhere else. But like if I if I'm Nolan, I'm sticking with Universal. Like it
1: looks like Nolan or Universal, at least from when I saw, had his back and believed in him. Yeah. And he didn't have him. Um, he didn't really have any restrictions, what I understand. No. Like, literally again, made a new technology <laughs> made a new for new technology Oppenheimer. for Oppenheimer
0: and made it happen. And people showed up and he, like, look, man. He got he got a three week IMAX deal like and that b- off Tom Cruise, and b- off Tom Cruise. Like that is like like a deal like that's unheard of though. Like a three week IMAX deal. Like I, you you made the funny joke where you're like Dead Reckoning Part Two. You can be sure there's gonna be a deal for that. <laughs> <laughs> there's absolutely gonna be a deal. I can tell you that right now. We're gonna. I, I'm surprised we haven't gotten like news yet. Like like deal me for Dead Reckoning Part Two. Four weeks or something like yeah. that. Like because he he always has to one up right. Um, I was surprised that Tom Cruise went to see Oppenheimer, considering I'm that gone, he was. Kind of, because, I mean, yeah. he was kind of upset that the movie was hogging IMAX theaters, but I'm like, I'm like, you didn't make the deal, you know yeah. what I mean? You didn't make the deal. No one's, no one's an intelligent guy. He makes the deals. Um, oh, but no, like he, he, as him as a director in this movie, no, I mean, it's an incredible. Yeah. I know we keep kind of going off on Oppenheimer. I think because we haven't really talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. now we're
1: kind of. Oh like, we, literally because we, before we're like, oh yeah, we'll see it. We'll talk afterwards. Yeah. And then we walked to the movie and I was like. Uh, it was yeah. so much to digest
0: yeah um, it was
1: so it was so much to digest but like this movie Dark Knight incredibly directed well I no I do want to sit before you go on I apologize but I do want to I do want to give him credit for this movie specifically and talk about what he did as a director in yeah. this movie specifically and I mentioned a little bit but you know you mentioned obviously the, the performances but he's able to get those performances out of it right yeah like the action scenes are absolutely incredible. The yes. drama really works. The emotion really works. Yes. There's a few things in this movie that, like, if you really think about it or if you really look at it, you can nitpick, you can do things yeah. like that. Like, how? Well, you know, I, I saw a Reddit post from, like, four years ago, because I looked up The Dark Knight on Reddit, about, like, somebody trying to break down how the choker actually made that mountain, to that pyramid of money. Like, yeah, it would have taken, like, 16 guys, like, nine days to do that. <laughs> Honestly,
0: he might have had them do it because he's kind of nuts and he's probably just like, oh, I'll make it like nine days because then he can watch me burn it. Like, I don't know. Like, he would have done that, right? Like, the Joker's a tactician. He probably thought it. Yeah, but I think he
1: had the money for like 30 minutes. They have for 30 minutes? I mean, that seems not long after he just gets out, after he gets out and gets the money. So. Maybe he knew the money was already there and he had them stacking nine days before. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Um, Maybe some of them are Joker bucks. Who knows? maybe yeah maybe <laughs> Who it's, knows? it's not real money um, but yeah like there's a couple of things like that but like for the most part like like the movie looks great it feels great like it's the intensity yeah. it's it's really it delivers where it needs to deliver it's and a really intense movie yeah, that's a it, great word yeah. it's
0: very intense like it feels very in your face uh, while also still giving you some room to breathe in a weird yeah. way yeah it's it's really really well directed yeah. um, phenomenally so I would say.
1: Um, I mean, this, and and again, not that the man, you know, at this point he has had The Prestige, Batman Begins, Memento, um, Insomnia, you know, like, um, (laughs) oh, the light! (laughs) These movies were successful and and really well liked. But I feel like this is the movie where he becomes... Insomnia wasn't really well liked. I just (laughs) want to put that out there. This is the movie where I feel like he really becomes Christopher (laughs) Nolan, uh, the man that we know now. Yes, 100%. This is his crossover
0: movie. If this movie doesn't work, Inception doesn't happen. You realize that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, this makes him the blockbuster director that we know.
1: It's insane. And then that one-two punch of The Dark Knight, this incredibly made franchise movie or comic book movie, you know, uh, brand movie Mm -hmm. versus the original, brilliantly well-done, original action movie of Inception that he makes. Yep.
0: And then follows it up with The Dark Knight Rises, and no matter how we feel about it, made a billion. Yeah. And then follows that up with Interstellar. Yeah. Which, for a lot of people, is like a top three Nolan movie. Yeah, I haven't. I gotta see it. I gotta watch it. (laughs) Okay. Let's move on to writing. Uh, This Mm -hmm. is written by Jonathan Nolan and Christopher Nolan with a story credit for David S. Goyer. I keep mentioning him because he's kind of there throughout this trilogy with the story credits. And story credits, it is writing to some degree. Like, he's not writing the whole screenplay. But, like, giving that general outline of the story and where everything should go, I think, is massively important. So, but, look. This movie is impeccably. written. It's really well written. It's really well written. Like I think, here's how well written I think this movie is. I think it's so well written that they should teach us in film classes about writing. Probably that's how that's how well written this movie is. Like this should be like a template for any there, screenwriter a, and be like, here it is. Like there, this there is, is like, how again,
1: it. there's a few things if you really want to nitpick. I know you would, you would, I know you would text me like some complaints you had about like. The yeah, the Rachel on, like, stuff's
0: a little much. Yeah, the Rachel that's kind of how much. you felt. Yeah, the Rachel um, stuff's a little much. But, like, I think what it is... And <laughs> I know you were trying to uh, irk me while we were discussing... While I was bringing up the Rachel thing. Oh, and, and but i was making fun of the Batman thing? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. you were I was like, well, this was the
1: ba- if this was the Batman, you wouldn't have any complaints. Not true. Um, but, like, it's true. Eh, it's not. It's true. Eh, it's not. But... <laughs>
0: Me and I know you're messing with me. Um, we'll talk about it in a couple weeks. We'll it's talk true. about it in a couple. It's weeks. true. Okay, it's a masterpiece. But like the thing, the thing with the Rachel stuff, I th- what what bothered me about the Rachel stuff, I'll just say that here with the writing, the, the thing that bothered me about the Rachel stuff was he leans into the love triangle triangle thing a little too much, and I think that's what I was trying to say is he leans into it a little too much. I get it to the point where these two grown men are screaming this woman's name out in the movie, and I'm like. Every time I watch it, it irks me more and more because, like, by the time you get to the end of the movie, both of these grown men, Rachel, 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 and it's like, she's not that important. Like, I don't know. I just don't think she's that important. Like, it, it just – it blows me away. I just – I don't know. Have you ever been in love? Yeah, but, like, I don't know. I don't know. It just – it's a it's a lot for me. It's like – I don't know. I just don't get why they're yelling. Both of these men are just. I understand. I get it. Yelling. I think
1: that what they. my argument. My counter argument to that was just.
0: But I think here's the problem though. I don't think she's developed enough that I understand why they feel. I think
1: you're forgetting because it's a it's an actress change. that You're forgetting that this relationship was built. Oh no, I'm not forgetting that.
0: I'm remembering that. So, I don't think she was well fleshed out in the first movie.
1: I think she's I think she's a I better, think
0: but I think that's a Nolan flaw. Nolan infamously cannot rate women. I guess I you know, I no, think he's, he can't. I think he really he's, can't. I
1: think he's done better than he's gotten credit for. Mm... I don't agree. I don't I don't think he can write women very well. I think he struggles in that aspect. I understand that, and that's okay that you disagree. But I, I'm just saying, to me, I do think, you know... And I've heard that, too. I know it's something you yeah. think. I've heard, I've heard that. I don't necessarily agree, but, sure. you know, it is what it is, right? Like, yeah. I thought that the women, again, not to go back to it, but the women in Oppenheimer, or at least the Blunt in Oppenheimer, was written that way for a reason. She looks like she's underdeveloped in the beginning of the movie, only to be... A very key, important part near the in the second half of it sure. all. So that to me, you know, so I'm not, I'm just, I'm talking about his filmography overall. You know, I'm not talking about just that, that movie, but uh, I understand that. I do think that to me it worked. To me, that the, sure. the the relationship worked because we had this previous thing. There's like one scene um, after she's died where like, and what, I don't know if it's a performance thing or if it's a script thing where like, Bale looks at Michael Caine and he's like, "She was gonna pick me, Alfred. She was gonna pick me," and I was like. Uh, it just seems, seems. This is what it, I mean. It, it was like a little, like, it did feel a little childish where he's like, she was going to give it all up for me. And then, like, you also know that she's not. Like, you know. That's she, what I mean, <laughs> though. You like, know that she's not. not like, like, it's just
0: kind of like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. The Rachel stuff is, it's it's a lot for me. That's what I mean, I think, by the writing, is I don't I don't love that. I think it's just, I think she's a little bit of an underdeveloped character and, and,
1: and I think you had made. That invested. I think you had made a point, too, about, like, the Two Face stuff is a little bit rushed. That's so rushed. It felt like that was because setting he, up for a sequel. Big time. And it, then. It feels like it's
0: setting up for a sequel, and then he dies. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, we're not even getting Two Face for that long. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, oh, he's Two Face for what? The last, what, half hour of this movie, maybe? Yeah. And you're kind of just like, oh, you know, he's not really developed as Two Face. Like, he kind of just burns half his face, and then he's like walking around flipping the coin, and you're just like, oh. Like, I don't know. Like, there's the thing that's fascinating about Two Face is that there's more of a, uh, there's more like mental illness issues there, you know? And I
1: don't think they explore that. And and that's not the point. That this Two Face is not that way. It's it's more of an anger. They show that we do see those elements in, like, the scene where, um, he's holding. Yeah, well, we we see those elements in the scene where he's holding David Dosmashin's character the inmate from Markham or whatever, where he's yeah. like, where is she? And you know, he's putting the gun at her and stuff like that. Like, we're seeing that. Like, that's a two-face section. And sure. He even says like that that's what the people at, at the police department or whatever, internal affairs or whatever, called him was two-face. two-face Harvey. You know, before that even happened. Yeah. So, maybe I'm too soft in the movie. I don't know. That's something didn't that bothered me. Yeah. But, but it, it, it's not a perfectly written movie, but it's it's...
0: Very well written. I still think it's a template for people to study. No,
1: absolutely. Uh,
0: just don't rate Rachel so much. That's all. The budget. <laughs> Maybe you hate love. Maybe I do. Budget, $185 million. You can see it every cent there. You can see every cent. Every yeah. cent on screen. He, str- yeah. he stretches that budget. Yeah, it's a good budget. Box office. It's one of our favorite numbers. It's $1.006 billion, baby. It's a Hell billion yeah. dollar movie. It's a billion Hell dollar yeah. movie. Yeah, we love that. It's a billion dollar My movie. My money's in there. Yeah, my money's in there, too. Um, saw this in theaters. You did, too, as well. I did. Yeah. And I went with John and a bunch of our friends. And yeah. It. Incredible movie. You just walk out, and you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's incredible. Billion-dollar movie. Earns every cent, too. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. Out of 345 critic reviews, it's certified fresh at 94%. Yeah. Uh, audience score. Out of 250,000-plus ratings, it's fresh. At ninety four percent, I
1: thought it would be higher to be for the audience. I thought I thought it would be higher. Ninety four is good though. <laughs> I know, no, 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 it is. And but this is like
0: this movie, it's, But, dude. Like audiences are so divisive. It's so hard to. Well, like, the
1: reason why I say that is because this movie is in like the IMDb top like yeah. list. It's like near the top, if not at one point, I think it was number one. I think Parasite beat it or something like that. Uh, it's high on like the letterboxed, mm-hmm. like. Rankings it's overall, in, I, I believe it's it, well, it's in the top 250. Yeah, yeah, but if not, again, I think like the top like maybe 50 or something, Like it's very, yeah. very high. Well, I,
0: I say top 250 because Letterboxd <clears> has, has like a diet. top 250, right. yeah,
1: but it, it, it is, it's in the top, it, it's I, very I high it. on those yes. lists. That's why I'm saying, is I'm surprised that it's not higher because right, that's reflected. You know, with Rotten Tomatoes,
0: it's kind of like, you know, I feel like Rotten Tomatoes is more of like a Wild West thing right now Mm -hmm. for audiences where some people just like, I mean, we we, we know about review bombing, you know, like there could just be people on there too. There's there's always those people, those audience members who think they're too cool for school and they kind of walk out and they're just like, I don't get it. It's a a pretty crap movie, you know, and you're just like. Come on, like we can all accept that this is a great
1: movie. Who's no, gonna sit here a, and say it's not
0: my Batman? Who's gonna right? sit
1: here and say they don't get a Batman movie? I mean, exactly. come on.
0: And they point at themselves and they go, uh, "It's not my Batman."
1: <laughs> Michael Keaton's not my Batman. Who's I, gonna sit here? I didn't get Batman return? Who's gonna
0: sit here and claim that they just don't get a Batman movie and why it's a masterpiece? <laughs> who's gonna do that?
1: I Nobody here. I don't get it. No, and, and I and I think there's the there's the two cool for school kids that they're like. Oh yeah, was really that good, was really that good. That good. Like
0: <laughs> Is that you're too cool for school? Well I literally and, not, and not
1: not that not that um <laughs> not, that not that I don't not that I don't necessarily even agree with uh-huh. this opinion now, but like I remember when I walked out of the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I saw the Dark Knight Rises, I think a second time maybe, I walked out of it and like there was a guy there, who walked out and he was like, It wasn't enough f-ing good. <laughs> like oh boy, and like and like that, like it's like that type of thing. Where like, right. you walk out of that and like, energy, yeah, and like whether you like that movie or not, like a lot of people, like I walked in the movie going like, holy crap, like that movie, like the first time you see that movie, like it really hit you. It hits yeah. you, yeah. Time hasn't been kind. No, twice. no, but at the and time I mean, it was it, huge. But it's se- it's just it just seems like it's those people that are like, oh, was not that good? Yeah, it wasn't like yeah, yeah, was not really that good? Like there's probably people who walk out of the Dark Knight like that's not Batman. Yeah. it's a Batman... Well, they 100%. Like, yeah. I, I mentioned to you, like, it all depends on... And I, and I respect this. I respect mm-hmm. this opinion. What you want out of a Batman movie depends on what you want. Batman Begins and The Dark Knight are two completely different Batman movies. There could have been people
0: going in expecting the Batman Begins continuation of I want that cave, Wayne <laughs> Manor, and then it's not. It's this sleek penthouse. It's... Yeah. yeah and like I said, right. this
1: doesn't feel like... A Batman movie. This is a movie with Batman in it. It's a crime movie with Batman Batman in it. And I think that that's been a complaint for people who really love the character of Batman. Because it's like, well, that's I didn't get enough Batman or it's too... You can kind of compare
0: these, though. You can kind of compare this movie. Like you said, it's a crime movie with Batman in it. You can kind of compare this to the Burton stuff where it's like, you know, it's a Joker movie with Batman in it. It's a a movie about greed with Batman in it. Yeah, there's people that believe...
1: It's It's a masterpiece with Batman in it. Right? <laughs> There's people that believe that without Heath Ledger, this movie wouldn't be good. And this movie would not be maybe a five star, one of the best combo movies, if not the best combo movie of all time, sure. good. But I still think it would be good. It would still be good. Yeah. Um,
0: you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and no, underva- value what Heath Ledger brings no, to that the No, that
1: performance is the next level it's, element. It's the you, key. Yeah. Yeah, it's essentially the key that makes this movie work. Um, and in a way that in the movie Joker and Batman need each other, Bale needs mm-hmm. Ledger. Bale is better because of Ledger. Ledger's Bale better because of Bale. This is
0: to me the best Christian Bale is as Batman. And you're right, it is because of Ledger. He is the best Bat. He is the best as Batman in this movie to me. The first movie he's good. He's good, but he's still figuring it out. This movie he comes into his own. He's great. And then there's a dip next week. To me, there's a dip. I get it. There's a dip, and I'm just kind of like, ah, something's not right here, right? And um, I think we're gonna find that next week. God, I haven't watched that movie all the way through in years, and I'm like, it's nearly three hours, but it's nowhere near as engaging as the Batman, which is a masterpiece. So, uh, do you want to move to the? <laughs> I I like the bat. I really like the bat. Just, I'm just I know I'm just I'm I'm uh I just know that you I think you... I'm you trying know. to poke the bear because I know you don't like. When I throw
1: around Masterpiece. No, I have no, problem. Nilly. I have no problem with that. I just think, you know, uh, you know. I'm poking the bear. I'm yeah. sorry. Grr. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, what a vicious bear. <laughs> Grr. Uh, do you want to move into the cast? Yeah, let's talk about the, talk about the There's cast. Nobody There's about. nobody here to talk about. There's uh, nobody here to talk about. Starring Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne and Batman. Heath Ledger as the Joker. Michael Caine as Alfred Pennyworth. Gary Oldman as James Gordon, or should I say Commissioner James Gordon? By the end of the movie, uh, Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent and Two Face, Maggie Gyllenhaal as Rachel Dawes, uh, and Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox, featuring a cameo by Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy as Jonathan Crane and Scarecrow. I Want to give him props because he appears in all three of these movies. There's also a
1: couple of. People. There's a couple
0: of other people who pop up. I know. Um, there's that guy. There's the banker in the beginning that mm-hmm. has that familiar face. Yeah, I wasn't even going to um, say him. Um, so I wanted to... Well, the you know, mobsters? Is that who you're going to bring up? No, um, we have a... Are you going to bring up Mr. Reese? No. Okay, I was going to say. Yeah, we,
1: Because we, we actually have a franchise star in this... Uh, Do we? In this movie. Oh, you did not great. mention him on that list. No. It is uh, Tiny Tommy Lister, a.k.a. the prisoner at the end of the movie on the boat that grabs the bomb and throws it at the window. Okay. He was also in Austin Powers. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Uh, the first uh, I one? Think, I, no, he was in the second or third one. I think okay. The third, I think he was the third one in jail. Okay. Uh, why I know this actor, my sense is to me, is he was in the movie, the WWE-produced movie, No Bard. Barred, okay. where he played the character of Zeus, uh-huh. and they made Zeus a real-life wrestler. So this was an actor who portrayed a wrestler in the movies right? and then they turned Zeus into an actual wrestling character with this actor who is not a professional wrestler. Dives. You want to be very clear about that. This man is not a professional and wrestler. And put him
0: in actual real
1: professional <laughs> wrestling matches. Think, how did he do? I think he did okay. He did okay because
0: he's not a professional wrestler. <laughs> he's an actor first. <laughs> this, this isn't the profession went he went to school for.
1: But he... Um, yeah, so he he always stands up to me, and he and I think in that two minute <laughs> sequence. Oh, he's he, phenomenal. He that's yeah. is a highlight of the movie for sure. Where he's like, give it to me, and I'll do what you should have done an hour ago, ten minutes ago, ten whatever it was. <laughs> ten minutes I, I think was, I think it was an hour. Was it ten minutes ago? Oh,
0: he says ten minutes ago, and just, then he and then he throws it out the window yeah. and. Wh- Great throw, by the way, because yeah. that could have bounced right <laughs> off the window so we could grab it and, like, yeah, yeah, and just turn the key. He's lucky that yeah. went out the window. Tell him
1: I took it from you. Like, yeah. it is
0: a great, yeah, it's a great. Well, it's, it's also just a great twist too because you think he's gonna, he, you think he's coming up and he, he's like, you don't know how to take a life, and the way they're going is like you, you immediately think, oh, this guy's gonna, he's gonna turn the key, yeah, and then he throws it out the window after that speech, and you're like, you're like, oh wow, that adds a lot of gravity to this character because he's like, you don't know what it means to take a life. Yeah, He's suffering. <laughs> like You're realizing yeah. he is like, no, I'm all, I'm here because I did that thing and I shouldn't have. And you're kind of like, oh, wow, that adds a lot of depth uh, to this character. But it's w- a great performance. You also right. may
1: recognize him too, he's also in the Friday movies. Oh, is he really? He's like the big bully. I don't know, have you ever seen the Friday movies? I've seen the first Friday, a, but it was a long the time big ago. He's big bully that everybody's afraid of in oh, the Friday movies. Oh, that's cool.
0: Yeah, Is Christopher Nolan a fan of the Friday movies? <laughs> or is he a fan of the WWE the Or is he a fan 80s of the bar. Yeah, Where they made
1: this man a wrestler? And he's not a professional wrestler. I want to be very clear about no, that. No, that's fine that he portrays a professional wrestler in a movie. It's the fact that they brought him into the actual wrestling and a, company. And they were like, hey, you should do this. And he's like, I don't really... Had, like, like, I know fine. he had matches against... Sean Mike or no uh, Hulk Hogan he they did the actual Hulk Hogan because the movie is a Hulk Hogan movie right it's Hulk Hogan versus the guy in the movie they made that a real like Summerslam match really Hulk Hogan <laughs> faced this guy <laughs> in real life it's that's like, like that's like Rocky versus Undertaker what the heck
0: that's amazing um well that's really cool I'm glad uh, right great
1: he hey man. He was ranked number 500 on the top 500 wrestlers in the PWI 500 in 1991. Well, he got on the list, didn't he? He just
0: made the list. Good for him. Um, well, I'm glad you mentioned him. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the Franchise Hall of Fame. All right. Um, let's start with the cameo. Killian Murphy, uh, Jonathan Crane, Scarecrow. Again, I, I'm, I'm mentioning this guy because we've been talking Oppenheimer so much. I just want to mention Killian Murphy yeah. again. He's got a um, great
1: line where like, Batman's like, Lizzie says, I'm not crazy or whatever, and he's like, not by my diagnosis. Not by my
0: diagnosis, yeah. Um, I I really like him as Scarecrow. I like that they use him again to pop up in this uh, for just a small little thing at the beginning. It kind of, to me, flushes out the world a little bit more that this guy is breaking out of prison and still kind of operating, trying to get fear gas Or do they, out they never there. actually it's, catch him. Or do they never actually catch him, yeah. I just love that. I'm like, this really fleshes out the world that this guy, is, Scarecrow is still operating in Gotham and is still trying to, you know, it's it's very cool. And, um, yeah, I also I also like when uh, he comes out of the van, all the fake Batman are trying to take him I out. And then, he, and then he's kind of like, he's kind of like, he's like, oh, he's, he's like, that's not Batman, that's not Batman. Tumblr comes over, crashes and he goes, oh, that's more like it. And he's like, and you're like, oh wow, he's like, he's kind of like into it. He's like, he's like, yeah, that's my Batman, you know? Yeah, it's cool. That's, that's, cool. My, that's, my, Batman. that's my Batman. That's my Batman. Yeah, yeah. it's a cool little scene. Uh, Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox. A lot more to do here. A lot more to do. Yeah, I think he's probably the best in this movie, right? He's really good. He's, he's really, really good. Yeah. I mean, he gets to go to uh, Hong Kong, I believe, and <laughs> yeah. and bug and bug the building and uh, fly back and do it in style. It's fantastic. Um, he also gets the really pivotal scene where he gets to operate the sonar device that he dislikes and that makes him step down as the head of Wayne Enterprises. Yeah, but does he because I don't he, think he does because, because he, he destroys says, it. as
1: long as this is here, I won't be here. Yes. And then he says, well, what's your name, man? And then he puts his name in. <laughs> what's your name, man? <laughs> and, and, and it blows up. Yeah, and yeah. it blows up. And, all and he smiles thing. like, oh, he knows. Because I think in the next movie, he's... In charge. He's still yeah, in charge. I think you're right. Yeah.
0: He's still in charge, and I think he's kind of like because he because a lot of his role in the next movie is like, hey, company's going under. <laughs> like you gotta yeah. you gotta do something. And I think Alfred tells him the same thing. But he's like, hey, company's going under.
1: But yeah, I like how and then they handle the whole Mister Reese situation and all that and how they tie all that in and you know yeah I, I get it. I get the it. Mystery? Mysteries. I know there was rumors that he was going to be the Riddler. Yeah, I get it. Okay, so um, I was a little mad. <laughs> I <don't>, get it. <laughs> I told you, I've been off all week. You um, sure have been. Uh, no, uh, but I think Morgan Freeman is absolutely incredible in the movie. Yeah. A couple of people, too, I wanted to just throw out here. Eric Roberts. Okay. As a Sal Moroni. Um, okay. It's a small role, but Yeah, okay. but I, what, I, what I wanted to throw that out here, and I think this is what the beauty of, of Nolan is, um, is that Eric Roberts is somebody I'm not super familiar with, but when I understand, he's just an actor. Like His filmography is like 99% like no offense to the guy, but like trash. Sure. Like he's not in the greatest movies, but like no one, like, oh, that that guy fits my book that I'm looking for and pits him, puts him into this movie. Yeah. And he holds his own against, yeah. you know, some top talent and I think that that's great. He gets thrown we, off a roof. Yeah. Well, you know, like one of the things we talk about, we've been talking about with Oppenheimer is the use of like some of those lower level people yeah. and like Josh Peck and Oppenheimer, yes, right? Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like the fact that he picks these, so I think that's the beauty of no one that he gives these Actors, like, I'm not saying that Eric Roberts isn't a talented actor or whatever. He, he's
0: not, what you're saying is he's not constantly just going for the list, top people, tier yeah. A-list people. He will cast a TV star like Josh Peck. Yeah. He will cast this guy who doesn't have a great filmography and be like, no, he fits my look. Like, he yeah. he will cast
1: actors because and, they're and actors. And he brings out the best in and them.
0: And everyone wants to be the best because they're yeah. like, it's Christopher Nolan, I have to be and the best. And then just because I'm sure he, I'm pretty sure he will the be mayor. a...
1: No, but oh. he, I'm pretty sure he will be a, a franchise star in the future, Michael J. White, as Gamble. Oh, yeah, Gamble, the uh-huh. mob leader. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Really cool. Really
0: cool scene. Yeah, cool scene. I, uh, I like scene. him a lot. So. Uh, I, I'll i mention the mayor, too. I think it's Nestor Carbonell okay. is, the, is the mayor. I want to mention yeah, him, I'll too, because he pops up him. next week, too. Um, he has a bit
1: of a role in this. He's great. Enjoy him.
0: Um, is that everybody you want to cover? You Anthony to Michael on? Hall
1: has a cameo as the news reporter. Yes, he does. And then, do you have the senator thing? I don't know the senator thing in your fun facts or anything like that? Oh, Pat Patrick
0: uh, Patrick Lee, yeah, yeah. Um, Lee, yeah. No, yeah, I think I do. I think I do have that. Um, I'm pretty sure I have the senator thing in here. Just then, um, look, he, he's. It, I didn't really care because I don't. I don't want to bring politics in, it. but like I know he's a Batman fan, but he's he's a
1: Pennsylvania senator. Is he really? Well, I mean, Patrick Lee I mean, is a Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. He's he's a a, senator. yeah, he's just a senator who's a huge fan of Batman, and he pops up in a and whole he pops bunch up of Batman in these
0: stuff. Movies. Uh, I believe he's Republican. It does doesn't it, matter. Whatever. Well, it does. I'm just kidding. I'm not
1: talking about politics here. I'm just saying that this guy is I know. in it because You're of this right. reason. You're absolutely
0: right. You're absolutely right. You're <laughs> off now.
1: Now we're both going to be <laughs> off. because <What's> this? <laughs> oh, and David is watching. We've mentioned her on David is watching. Yeah,
0: I oh, I always forget to mention This is kind of his big break movie, too. you yeah. should just say that very quickly. He credits this role as, like, the reason he gets to keep working. Because uh, he had issues for a while. Did he? Like, he was, he was like, addicted drugs like i believe he was talking he looks about, like, like it in this like, movie <laughs> yeah he was talking i think he was saying he was it was like cocaine heroin type deal like he was really on like and then nolan cast him in this movie took a chance on him and it just changed the trajectory because he's, really, he's so
1: good he's really coming into his own yeah um with like obviously the suicide squad he was in the am movies and yeah. things like that and he's got a movie out and he's an oppenheimer he's an, he is an oppenheimer he's got a movie coming out or out or whatever it's like a small limited release that I'm, I'm going to mention it because I think you would actually be interested in it, yeah. uh, not for me. It's called Late Night with the Devil. Yeah, yeah I'm Have in. you heard about this? Yeah, I'm in. It, it is a... Is it a horror movie? It's a found footage a horror movie, kind of, of an unreleased episode of a late night TV show from, like, the 70s. 100% in. He plays a late night TV yeah. show, and they bring on... It's from Halloween night, and they bring on, like, somebody who, like, was a surviving... They bring on like, a psychiatrist who sure. has a patient... Who was a surviving member of possession, and that's all I know. I mean, but apparently it's incredible. Yeah. I've heard incredible things about the movie. I can't apparently wait. Really, it's awesome. I'd, but I wanted to put that on your radar yeah. because that sounds like that's completely that's right up, my up alley. your alley. That's head. right up my alley.
0: I'm 100 in. Uh, thank you for telling me that. I, <laughs>
1: if I can catch that in the theater, and I you, will. And kind of like the Killing of Everything, he's the lead of the movie, I can't so wait. he is the shining light on him. Oh, God. So I can't wait. That sounds incredible, <laughs> like truly incredible. Late well, Night with the Devil. Check it out.
0: Late if night you girl. like possessions... If you like possessions, check out Late Night with the Devil. Late Night with the Devil for possessions. Possess this. <laughs> um, I will possess this. <laughs> on Video On Demand. On Video On Demand. <laughs> we just did Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. Sorry to go on a rant, but
1: I wanted to throw those <laughs> those little memes out there, too. No,
0: you're totally right. Maggie Gyllenhaal as Rachel Dawes. This is the recast. I have in my fun facts, or the casting, why all that I don't want to do that here let's just talk about Maggie Gyllenhaal herself
1: I in this role. I really like her as, as Rachel yeah. I think she's the better choice no, she for is. Rachel she probably should have been the first um, choice she feels more mature mm-hmm. like it feels like there's a maturity yeah to, and I think there is an age difference between the two of them as well I believe there is too um, yeah you know, between Maggie Johan and Katie, Katie Holmes. Holmes, yeah. But I think that um, I think that, that, that everything feels a little bit more dramatic. Yes. Because of elevated, would you say? Yeah, because yeah. of <laughs> of Maggie Johan. Like, I just couldn't see like Aaron Eckhart and Katie Holmes having that chemistry. Yeah, yeah. That because you truly believe like the scene where Rachel is blown up. Yeah. Like is is really like say we want about like the Virgil, like, whatever like. It's really effective. It is. Like that Yo. scene and she's like, "Harvey, it's going to be okay. Somebody's coming.
0: It just explodes. Yeah, and I you're like, Jesus, yeah.
1: like I mean, you texted
0: me and said, "It's so ballsy to like kill her in the middle of the movie yeah, because like that." Cuz thing thing like, like You
1: you think he's going to save the day. He's going to save It's such a food. trope. Yeah. Of like the superhero to save the He's always going to Always going to save the damsel in distress. I'm sure that there are a few examples people go, "Oh we god, a devil, I'm sure that it's been done. Yeah. But most of the time, the hero will always save the day. Yeah. Will always get the girl. Will always whatever, right? Especially at this time where yeah. superhero movies were not that complex. Mm-hmm. That Nolan's like middle of the movie, little past middle of the movie, she's gone. hmm And and it's like Jesus, like, yeah. and there is no more love interest for the character, at least in yeah. this movie. I know they do like a tease with, and halfway in the next movie or whatever, but. Um, and Talia Al Yeah, true, 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 true. I you forgot f- about I've heard about her. You, f Talia Al-Ghul. I was too busy thinking about how Anne Hathaway made her debut in Prince the Princess. Yes, diaries. I was
0: I was also thinking about it. <laughs> you said Anne Hathaway and then I went, Her debut was the Princess Diaries. That's pretty crazy. Check out
1: our franchise movie bonus episode, you Franchise. If you like the Princess ones. Diaries,
0: <laughs> check out Your Franchises 2001. The Princess Diaries! Anne Hathaway's debut. Or should I
1: say Debut. <laughs> Um, I, you know, I think it is pretty incredible that they, they blow her up in such a way. I think that it is, that is really effective. Um, I do, again, I do understand. Even when the explosion happens, like, her I know, hair goes, it, it it's, it's, it's like, It's so Whoa. sudden, it's yeah. so whatever, and the trick that, like, you know, obviously, Batman's going to go after Rachel, but he ends up getting, like, the Joker just he switches completely the screwing he's, with him. Yeah. It switches the addresses. It's like, he's honest with him, he gave him the right addresses, but... Yeah. You know, and and he switches them on purpose. because yeah, Batman would have probably saved her, right? Yes. But he was. He wanted he wanted
0: Batman to go after Harvey. Yeah, and he, he knew. Saying, yeah. yeah, he knew. He knew exactly what he was doing. Do you think this is kind of like a theory thing? But I think he does know that Joker knows he's Bruce Wayne.
1: I don't think so. You don't think? so? I don't so? think so. Hmm. I don't think he cares.
0: I don't think he does either. But like the theory about Joker has always been that he knows it's Bruce Wayne, but he chooses to just kind of ignore that because he knows that that's not
1: really who he is. Do you watch the Harley Quinn animated show?
0: I haven't watched it yet, but I think... Do they talk about it? I
1: haven't watched it, but I've seen clips on whatever, and -hmm. and there was a scene where... I don't know if I don't think... Does she do it? Or somebody... Somebody does... I think it's like they do a thing where the Joker's there. I forget who it is. Somebody's trying to impress the Joker. I forget who it is. It's one of the other villains. I don't think it's Harley Quinn. Okay. Where they have... Batman kidnapped, and they're like, and we're finally going to figure it out, and they just pull the mask off, and it's Bruce Wayne, and the Joker's just extremely p***ed yeah. off, and he's like, why would you do that? Yeah. He's like, that's not fun anymore, like, it's, just a, it's Bruce Wayne, like, and he yeah. was surprised it was Bruce Wayne, but he was like, oh man, now it's just a rich guy in a suit, like, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean, like, <laughs> like, the joy of it all is that it doesn't matter who it is, like, right. you know what I mean, like, it is... It's, it's Batman. He doesn't yeah. care if, it, if it's Harvey Dent, if it's Bruce Wayne, if it's right. Commissioner Gordon, whoever. He just wants to to f- with Batman, basically. Yeah. Like, he doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. 100% right. But
0: Maggie Gyllenhaal is fantastic in this
1: movie. I think she's really she's great. Phenomenal. And, I, and I think I think those mom, those moments work because of her performance. And, and again, the chemistry with everybody. Absolutely. And as she's reading that note, that, that voiceover in the note is very effective, oh, too. Yeah, it's very good. Um, Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent and Two-Face. I think this is a standout role to me in this, in this movie. Um, I know you again had some issues with a little bit of the two-faced stuff. I think I think his performance is never in question as both his performance. It's not his performance. It's 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 how quickly it all goes. It's the writing. It's not his performance. It's how quickly. But even like as Harvey Dent mm-hmm. and how noble he is yep. and how he really captures them and again. Eckhart is somebody who's like kind of teetered with. Really huge successes mm-hmm. And things like that He never could really Quite break through Never really captured it Yeah So it's almost felt like In a way like Harvey Dent I always It's not exactly this And I and I don't want to Like upset any like Huge Batman fans Like yourself Sure But I, Harvey Dent is all, To me Kind of feels like The poor man's Bruce Wayne That's not Harvey Dent You know what I mean Like <laughs> Like, like, or like, like you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. always like chasing Bruce, especially like in some aspects. I think like the animated show, they were friends. They were friends from college, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Like, he's always like trying to chase the success of Bruce Wayne, kind of. You know what I mean? Doing it's doing not, his own so, so doing I, his own thing. Not, not he's not trying to follow in the footsteps of Bruce Wayne, but sure. he's always like he's always not on the same level. It's as always Bruce a different Wayne. level. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what it is. Because in the animated series, they portray Harvey
0: more as like he is a successful politician. He's doing well for himself. Uh, but I, I think you're right, and I think in this version in particular, it's kind of he's kind of chasing Bruce Wayne a little bit. He's well, kind of yeah, like,
1: like he's got Bruce Wayne's ex girlfriend. Kind of he's got the ex girlfriend. They do the thing where like, The
0: jealousy a little bit.
1: He has to work so hard to get the, the re- reservation at the restaurant. Bruce was walks in. He has to wait I so long to get the tickets yeah. for the ballet. Bruce takes the entire ballet out to yeah. see. Yeah, there is almost a natural jealousy. There And then, even says to Rachel on the phone, like, oh, I know you like that Bruce Wayne guy, but you can't, whatever. And she's like, no, trust me, he's the where you want to be. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I think that, in a way, Aaron Eckhart is almost like the poor man's Christian Bale, kind a of, bit. in this movie. Yeah, like, a little bit, a little bit. You know, yeah. he's, he's trying to do kind of similar things, but he's, you know, maybe not on the same level as Bale. But I think this performance is, I think this performance yeah. is, but... Uh, and I because, think it, like I think it works really well, and he's phenomenal
0: yeah. in this movie. And you can kind of say this is this is probably his iconic role. Um, oh, yeah. oh yeah. When like, I break like, it down and I think of other Aaron Eckhart movies, I'm like I don't really have much. I know there's this one movie people really like him in called uh, Thank You for Smoking. Yes. Like people really like him in that role, but other
1: than that, it's kind of like this, right? I've like, never seen is... Thank You for Smoking. It won me a game of trivia at my yes. my my, my, lo- my local restaurant because they used to play clip, clips, movie clips, yep. and. Um, I was just like, I don't know, thank you for smoking because I knew I recognized Aaron Eckhart's yeah. voice and I got it right. I never saw the movie and I got it right. I was <laughs> like, yes,
0: thank you for smoking. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. For smoking. For smoking. Um, but yeah, this is probably his iconic role. This is what yeah. he's known for. People, The president Aaron in, the, Eckhart? Uh,
1: in the Has Fallen movies. Oh, is he really? In the, at least the first two. At I think he dodged in two. the second one.
0: No, it's, well, that's a shame.
1: Um, <laughs> Is this guy like Sean Bean? I don't know. (laughs) Just
0: dies and everything. You know who's Um, like, I don't
1: know if it's his vice president or somebody on the cabinet is uh, Morgan Freeman in those movies. Yeah, yeah. I thought Morgan Freeman was the president. He becomes the president in the third one. That's why I think, I'm like, oh, Eckhart must have died. I've seen all three, but I don't remember them all. Eckhart must have died in the second one because Freeman's the president in the third Third one.
0: one. Right, right. Okay, cool. Interesting. Um, but I think this performance as Harvey Dent and Two-Face, like I said, the performance is not in question. I think his Harvey Dent is phenomenal. You can see why people get behind him. You can see why he's kind of this like all-American, you know, like, ah, like I, I you know, has it all together. Even when he's on the prosecution stand or like he's he's being a lawyer, he's he's like a bull. Like he goes yeah. up there and he's he's pacing and he's like he's like he's like you said that this guy this is the guy that did the thing right like Sal Moroni is the yeah. new head of the Falcone crime family right I have a sworn statement this whole thing and they kind of play with the idea when somebody throws something like a liquid at him
1: they try they, they, they try to shoot him
0: they try to shoot him but like they play with it right there like oh is he gonna become Two faced right now and then the gun doesn't work and I love that line where he takes the gun I suggest you if you're gonna if you're gonna shoot a district him, attorney just, yeah. You buy American, yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna shoot a district attorney, I suggest you buy American. And I'm
1: like, oh wow, what a what a stamp for I'm America. I'm gonna be honest too. When I saw this movie, I was super novice Batman fan. I didn't know who Harvey Dent was. I didn't yeah. know Harvey Dent was Two Face. Right. So this was like a wild <laughs> ride. Right. So, so this really, really blew like, you away. You were like, oh my god, this guy's going on a
0: journey. Like, <laughs> who is this guy? No, I just, I love that whole courtroom scene though, and I just love when he puts the gun down in front of him and goes, I suggest you buy American. because Oh, there. he's got a great line. Like, that's a great yeah. line,
1: obviously, you know. Is he the one that delivers the, yeah, he's the one to deliver you, you, you either die here or you live long enough to see or something. Become yes. A villain. You know, that, like, he's got some great lines, you know yeah, what I mean? He's got and great even, lines. And like, even when he's doing the, at the end, like, the Two Faced stuff, right? You might not love it, but, like, when he's flipping the coin, he's like, oh, you survived, but he's not so lucky. Who? The driver. And he just shoots the driver Yeah, he like shoots this. the
0: driver. And I guess he just dives out of the car. I don't know
1: how he gets out of the car. I don't know how he gets
0: out of the car because that car crashed fast. That's another thing. It's, it's like he little things like that, off, yeah. And I'm just like, I'm like, does he dive out? Does he shoot and then immediately dies? There should dive, be a CGI like like, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a CGI, we just see him fly out of the car. and We're just like, oh, there he goes. But yeah, I don't know how he survived that crash. It's he's it's a hell of a role And he's really good in it. And uh, I give him his props. I give him his props. Aaron Eckhart. He's up there with the best of them in this. He yeah. really holds his own. He, he really does. holds yeah, he his does. own. Gary Oldman as James Gordon.
1: I think he's great. In the, I, think he, I think he's, he's great. better too. I think, I think He has think more to do. He has
0: more to do, and I think he has one of the best uh, roles in this movie. Like, the fake death stuff is so good. I remember when I watched this in theaters, and he gets shot, and I'm like, oh, my God, they just killed James Gordon. Like, is that it? Like, whatever. And then when they do that reveal at the end... Where he he's the driver and he pulls off the. Mat. By the way, great driver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, I got his own. <laughs> Like, can we really like talk about that? Like, he drives through that tunnel, and that uh, that mask. The bazookas at him, and that he's mask just like, must have been hard to see through. Yeah, that, 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 he's and probably soaking wet because he's sweating so much because he's just like, oh my god, like bazookas firing at me. Like, what am I doing here? Like, he really uh, he really holds, and that reveal is so good when he comes out and he's just has the gun against it and you're like he's alive like it's such a cool reveal yeah. and um you know even it, it's obviously because we know it's coming it's not as effective now but like i remember seeing it in theaters and just being like oh that's really cool like they really it really oh, no, it got right, me in yeah. theaters because he's gone for a good part of the movie yeah and i guess for I, and they I, show his family mourning. And they show and his family mourning, and i guess for like other people who maybe like were adults. Uh, because I think when we saw this we were still kind of young I didn't pick up that the guy in the mask could be him Yeah. like I didn't even I was. they they do it
1: so quickly that you don't the driver's never that important like the who's driving the Tuger thing it doesn't matter right like the fact that this guy just walks in oh you better have good moves you know what I mean like you're not thinking of oh that they're setting up that there's a driver but you're not thinking about it yeah but he is really really good in this movie and
0: um, obviously like has more of a connection with Batman I think has some really great stuff at the end when two faces like has a son and he's like telling him like he's like it's going to be all right like it's really yeah. like lie I mean, to him gordon lie to him like you like i lied lie to him like we like you lied to me this is where she died lie to him um, like i lied to Rachel. yeah Rachel. yeah i know i know he yells it so much it's just like get over it you know love love dies right get over it you never experienced love you, like you never experienced love bro i like it we're just kind of tinging this episode with you've never experienced love that's really nice thank you for doing that this is why I'm in therapy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Me too, though. You've Me never t- experienced love. Okay,
1: that's nice to I've hear. experienced love <laughs> and I'm in therapy, so it doesn't really, you know. Hey,
0: hey, I love you. I love you too, man. But Gary Oldman, man, he, he's, he's he's a classic. Also in Oppenheimer, did yeah. we just mention? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, he's Truman. He's Truman.
0: This guy loves to play political figures.
1: Yeah, well, there's a famous picture from something I think that's related to Oppenheimer, like yeah. one of the meetings or whatever, and it's Truman, Churchill, and Stalin. Yeah. And Omen's only not played one of them. Yeah, so. he's,
0: uh, I'm waiting for the Stalin movie. It's coming. <laughs> he'll do it. Uh, he'll do it. <laughs>
1: but I, I love the dynamic between Gordon and Batman, Gordon Batman, and and uh, Dent. Dent. Yeah. And that scene, the three of them on the roof. It's yeah. Really it's really cool. It's really Even, cool. Even like, like people joke, like people criticize, like the little jokes where he's like, "Oh yeah, he does that," like where he disappears and stuff like that. Yeah. But like it's funny, like. You need humor in the movie. It like you still have to remember it's a superhero movie with a guy in a
0: bat costume. Like you have to have that humor in there. People so, criticize
1: more next week. The is that what that's like? So that's what that feels like. Yeah. You know
0: what, man? I'm glad they at least have fun with it. You know, it's kind of the running joke. That's one of the few things I like about that movie. Movie. Yeah. One of the few things. I um,
1: <laughs> <You> haven't rewatched <laughs> it. I haven't rewatched Dude, we're it. We're gonna come back and be like, Night Rises" is a masterpiece. No, I'm not.
0: I know I'm not. Um, I can tell you now, I'm not. Yeah, but he's great. He's phenomenal. Let's move on to your boy, Michael Kane as Alfred Pennyworth.
1: Absolutely phenomenal. In this absolutely movie. phenomenal. Right? Really great. Just the, the man. The 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 interactions. The, the interactions between Bale and Caine yeah. are absolutely unbelievable. They just have such great chemistry. To such each other. great chemistry. Even where he's like, "Were you mauled by a bear? I was mauled by a. Uh, it was a dog. Huh?" It was a big dog. It was a big dog. <laughs> like it was a really
0: big dog. Yeah. Um, when they're walking out of the back cave, when Bruce is going to give himself up, and oh, you yeah. well, he the- think he's going to give himself up, and he's walking out, and he's just like, he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, so I guess they're going to lock me away too. He's like for being your adversary. He's like, I'm going to tell you like, it was the like, whole thing. I'm going to tell you the whole thing. And then when they're going up. Uh, there's a great you can kind of see Michael Caine just kind of like he's like I'm gonna tell them it was your whole, the whole thing was your idea and you kind of just see Michael Caine like look at him <laughs> like the light and you can just like see him looking at you I'm like that's great but even the
1: joke that they that they they play off of in the beginning where he's like you know well one day maybe you'll be able to tell me I told you so and he's like well if that day comes uh, I, I don't I think won't, I don't think I think won't I want to say it probably and then he's like you know oh it's your time to say you told you so I just don't feel like don't saying it so. today. But I bloody well told you. But I bloody well told you. Um, another great line. Guns going off.
0: You could have made it louder, Seth. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> he just delivers. Yeah, he absolutely... He crushes. Yeah. He crushes in this movie. And he crushes through all of these movies. But the weight,
1: too. Without even delivering lines. Yeah. With the note stuff. The note stuff. And he reads the note and the weight to... on his face yep. of, like, this is going to kill him. And then, yeah. and then like... The choice of him, like taking the note, allowing Bruce Wayne to think that she was going to pick him, and while it seems a little awkward, it's still effective. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like our criticisms, quote unquote, are just nitpicks, right? Basically, right. but yeah, Michael Keane is. I mean, he really is the best Alfred, and, yes. and what is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he's my favorite. He iteration of it. yeah. He
0: burns the note, and you're just like, this is. And obviously, that comes back next week. I want to,
1: in the retrospective, kind of break down... Let's see, maybe we can do a Alfred's. ranking of Alfred's and, and Batman's.
0: Just so you can rank Michael Caine number one, is that all you want to do? Yeah, probably. That's I mean. all you want to do. That's why you want to do that. You no. have no other reason no, besides I... wanting to go, Michael Caine's number one. That's all you want to do. I mean, Michael Caine is number one. I know he is, but like, I you want me to indulge you? I'm doing all this work on the retrospective. Now you want me to indulge you with an Alfred ranking so you can make Michael Caine number one? You don't want to rank Alfred and Batman? Well, I, 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 we can. Sure, we can. We'll do it. We'll do it. Uh, if that's the one thing you need, well, there's, there's not enough. If you, if you, if it would make you feel good to say Michael Caine's the number one Alfred Pennyworth, I will do it for you. I
1: don't think there's. We could rank Gordons, but there's less Gordons because the Gordons aren't that great. There's, there's no, no Michael really Caine portraying any of those characters. Um, and and there's not enough Robin to do it. Michael Caine's too old. So it has to be Alfred. <laughs> How do you know I'm not picking Ray Fiennes? How do you not, know I'm not I, picking I, oh, uh, uh, Andy Circus? I know you're not. How do you know i in Michael picking Michael Goff? I know you like Michael Goff,
0: but you've repeatedly said that this is your favorite comic book character <laughs> uh, casting of all time. So I would be blown away if you picked anybody else. It would blow me the f*** away. <laughs> but honestly, if you sat up here and said, Ray Fiennes is the number one album. I'd <laughs> be like, really? A voice performance? Really? That got you? <laughs> yeah. Michael Caine's incredible, though, and we will do that ranking. I bloody well told you. Yeah, we'll do that ranking, and I will allow you to uh, rank Michael Caine your number one, Alfred. Look, it so doesn't matter about
1: number one. I want to see where everybody else falls. We okay. know who number one is. Okay. okay. You really have been
0: off all week. Good Lord. All right. got to get a little serious here. It's Heath Ledger is the Joker. Pass. <laughs> no.
2: Jesus. No. Wow. i got no. nothing to
1: say. You have nothing to say. Uh, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, obviously, uh, no, no, no longer mm-hmm. with us, was not with us when this movie came out. Um, and I know, like, there's kind of been theories and things that this role is maybe the reason why he's not really with us, that he might have developed some habits. Kind of. I think that's been debunked. Yeah. It's been debunked. I, I think I have a little bit of that in the fun facts. This was It
0: was kind of debunked by, like, family and his, his yeah, I think, his girlfriend. But the rumor the time, for a while was girlfriend. that basically that, like... He got so into the role that it his mindset him, was so yes.
1: twisted or whatever. Yes. And-
0: Apparently, that wasn't the case. That was like longtime girlfriend, family members all were like, oh no, like that's not what happened. Like, it was he had these issues before going into the movie. It feels like it was one of those things that people just kind of latched onto and then made it a thing without really knowing everything about the situation. That's kind yeah. of what it felt like. Like, somebody. I don't know. It feels like one of those things like on the internet it was posted, like, did you know Heath Ledger died because of this role? And then like everyone suddenly like blew it up like it was a fact. Yeah. It's like, well, how do you know? And then, you know, it's just not not true. It's just not true.
1: The thing with this, so, you know, you made fun of me for my Michael Caine love and stuff and (laughs) I said that Michael Caine might might be the best casting of all time in a superhero movie. I think this Heath Ledger as the Joker is probably the best performance, arguably best performance mm-hmm. of a, a, a comic book movie of all time. Yeah, um, because of what he does with the Joker here. Yeah, is mm-hmm. pretty wholly original. It's not Mark Hamill's Joker. It's not um, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson's it's not Joker. Romero. It doesn't Romero. feel like those. Yeah, like the other ones kind of feel like a little bit more whatever. This is just an unhinged guy. Like we yeah. mentioned, like you can kind of. You mentioned the tech, the tactical aspect of it all, and yeah. this guy is very smart and and creative, and and the way he thinks and the way he holds himself. There's there's mannerisms and ticks and little mm-hmm. things, and it's all very effective, and in a way that like we you know in the past we say like oh somebody was trying to copy Jack Nicholson or somebody was trying to copy Cesar Romero. Mm-hmm. This is the role now that like all jokers are trying to kind of trying to capture. Trying to try to capture. Have to really do something so different, and mm-hmm. that's why, like, you know, with and we'll talk about it again as we get into like the Batman, yeah, but like, you know, or even the joke, like, oh, even Joker, Joker. Or the movie, yeah, right? Joker. Those are two completely different versions that aren't even Joker ish because they're so afraid to go near like an actual Joker, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, they're so afraid to go in that direction, yeah, because they don't want to, nobody wants to go toe to toe with a Ledger. With well, he Ledger, yeah. yeah, you know, and that's why, again, that's why um, Jared Leto's is just—it's like a Riddler parody more than ever. It's a Jim a, Carrey impression. Yeah, yeah, than, than it's a, 100% Jim Carrey impression. And a Joker thing. Yeah, it's I not. And he literally goes
0: Yeah, like it is literally a Jim Carrey impression. Um, thank God we don't have to talk about that during this whole run. Good Lord, um, surprise, we aren't nothing. Every time I watch this movie. He repeatedly blows me away every single time I watch it. And it's very rare that, like, I can watch the movie and every single time I watch it, I go, this performance is just so good. Like, it holds up after all this time. And it, it's just, it's in, it's crazy to me, like, how well it holds up. And it's still, like, you get why other actors are kind of chasing this role, are kind of going after this role. And what Heath Ledger does with this role is why Joker becomes this Academy Award performance yeah, bait yeah. essentially yeah. i mean obviously joaquin will talk when we talk a joker i mean literally won an oscar for portraying this and that's twice that this character yeah has been awarded and it's kind of it doesn't crazy. happen very often it doesn't happen yeah. very often that's that's kind of nuts right like psychedelic character this crazy like psychotic character is the one getting awarded and it's kind of nuts and um you know we'll talk about it in joker i I don't think Joaquin's anywhere near what Heath Ledger does. Oh, of course. But, like, I don't necessarily think he should have won an Oscar for it, and we'll talk about that. no, no, no. That movie
1: revolutionized what comic book movies are.
0: Yeah, okay. (laughs) I can't take you seriously when you do that. You give me a serious look, and I can't... Okay, you're really holding it.
1: That movie revolutionized what comic book movies are. But didn't
0: Logan also...
1: The Joker (laughs) revolutionized what comic book movies are. We'll talk about it in a couple weeks. everything should be strived to be that. And if you're not that, get out. Because my movie's not about mental illness. It's not about gun control. And why would you even bother asking me that?
0: (laughs) I'm so excited to talk Joker with you. How excited are you for that episode? Pretty excited. Pretty excited. I'm excited excited.
1: for the Catwoman part.
0: When we do that episode, we're starting with Catwoman. I know. And then we're going to do... Okay, good. I was like, we're not ending on Catwoman. That's not That's not happening. But no, Heath Ledger is – it's its an incredible form. It's It towers above everyone else. There's a reason that this becomes like kind of award bait in a way. This role becomes an award bait. It's because of what he does in this movie. It's because all these actors are kind of chasing it now and want to do it. I mean we're literally getting a Joker sequel with Joaquin. It's a musical. And, and Lee. And Lee. 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 Yeah, Lee. As we've heard, her name is Lee. It's not Lady Gaga. It's Lee. But yeah, it's uh, – I don't want to linger on I this I swear to
1: God if they call her Lee – in that sequel. Yeah. That's who she's going to be. That's Harley Quinn. Lee. Okay. Yeah,
0: okay. Whatever. She's Harley Quinn. But yeah, that's all I'm going to say about this. He's incredible. It, it's,
1: it's an incredible performance. It's a d- shame that uh, we don't get any follow-up to it. This is why introduction to Heath Ledger as an actor, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Um, and it's just, it's absolutely, and I've gone back to see a little bit of the other stuff he's done. Have you seen The Knight's Tale? I have. It's a great movie. It's really great. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, But yeah, it's really incredible what he's Done here and 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 this is the reason why this movie is beloved this is the reason this is the the movie without him is still great this is the next level element this is why this movie 15 years later is still regarded in the way that it is yeah because of this performance right completely agree christian bale as bruce wayne and batman this is the best he's ever been i think it's a great performance yeah
0: i think i think this is the best he is as batman um Truly, like I and I think you're. It's because of Heath Ledger. I think Heath Ledger elevates him. Yeah, they, they challenge elevates, each other. They challenge a little each better. other, and you know, I also think it helps that uh, they, they like liked each other. Like they weren't, <laughs> like it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a Batman Forever situation where uh, we cannot they, they, they could not they could not sanction each other's buffoonery. It was very much like just two actors who got along really well, wanted to make the best movie that they could, and they did, and they elevated each other. There's a great. Have you seen that picture? of uh, Christian Bale's lying on the ground in the Batman suit and Heath Ledger, he was a, he was a skateboarder and he's doing the kickflip.
1: I heard kind of that over... the skateboard is photoshopped. It's just jumping over him. They photoshopped that? I, from what I understand, there's there's online debate forever So the reason if this, if this is photoshopped
0: or not. Heath Ledger did a movie called Lords of Dogtown. I've seen this movie. I've heard of it. Yeah. And it's a skateboard movie and he learned to skateboard for that movie. So for me, I thought it was real because I was like, "Oh, I thought he got because from what There's I heard, he got bait. he got really into skateboarding after the movie after he shot the movie because he was like, "Oh, I can skateboard now." And I thought that was literally him kick flipping over him because it was like, "Oh yeah, he's uh, he's a skateboarder. That makes sense, right?" Yeah, but that would be a bummer if that was uh, that was because uh, that mo- that picture has made its rounds for years,
1: and I was like, "Oh, I thought that was legit. I thought he was just like." Skateboarding on set. It's been circulating online since 2009. and then we reverses are weighed in to and determine if the skateboard is visible in the picture is a digital edition. The image continues to fool a few internet users every time it's reposted. So it does look like the, the skateboard is digitally added into that picture. That's a shame. That's a shame. I always thought that was a cool I'm picture. sorry for like destroying well, this myth. I just, I just annihilated it. Man, I haven't off this week. Yeah, you have been. I'm and, so now you're, sorry. and
0: now you're just ruining things for people. I don't even want to talk about Christian so Bale's sorry. performance. I don't even want to talk about it now. I just want to end this episode. We'll keep going, but like, man, you're you're in a mood.
1: <laughs> you gotta adjust, man. Of course, you know there's no there's, there's no such thing as Santa Claus either. Yeah. Alright. Do you want to talk to Christian Bale anymore? Do you wanna say anything um, else? Um it's a it's a wonderful performance. Yeah. It's the best version of his man. Um the voice, you know, is not yeah. excellent. Um I did it's off. I did listen to an interview with uh, Kevin Conroy um, where he talked about like they tried to get on the set and they didn't let him on. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> they asked him who his favorite like Batman was, uh-huh. and I think ultimately he said Keaton. I think you know he's hesitant to pick like a person to get on that set. But he said yeah. he wanted Kevin Conroy said he wanted or said he thought Bale was an excellent Bruce Wayne. Yeah, not. So, he said the not voice was a little the voice, the voice wonky.
0: I also mixed up Kevin Conroy and Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner was trying to get on the set. <laughs> not Kevin Conroy. <laughs> Kevin Conroy is not trying to get on the set. Kevin Costner was trying to get I'm not watching the set. Kevin Costner yeah.
1: interviews. <laughs> I'm watching Kevin Conroy. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. That makes sense. I was, I was, I was kind like, of, about, makes... I,
1: literally, I was sitting here
0: thinking i something like, why is somebody asking Kevin Costner what his favorite Batman was? I was like, was this like a Man of Steel press run? Like, why would he be doing that? And then, and then you're like Conroy. And I was like, oh wait, that's the voice of Batman. And then when you were saying getting on the set, I was like, yeah, cause Costner, remember, remember the fun fact yeah, yeah, Costner yeah, yeah, was trying to get on the 100%. set and they said, no, no, you can't get on the set, Costner.
1: Man. Um, I'm just ruining everything for you That's yeah, It's fine. It's fine. Christian
0: Bale's incredible. He's the best. This is the best he is. I really like him in this movie. Um, He's the great. Voice, the voice is off. Yeah, it's notice- To me, it's noticeably bad sometimes. Like, you can kind of hear. I still
1: like it. I
0: still like it. I'm not saying I hate the voice. I'm just saying that there is time. You can literally hear, like... It sounds like he blew out his voice, his biggest... and then tried to do
1: it again, and it just kept... His biggest enemy is, uh, was those uh, college humor videos. Yeah. Where right they oh, would just yeah. make fun of him, and it would also make fun of the fact that his mouth was always like this. Was always... Like Val Kilmer.
0: Val Kilmer was always like that, too. Yeah, but
1: Bales is, is like that lot. Whole... Yeah. He does that a
0: lot. Just agape at all times. Um, but yeah, no, he, he's really great. I really like him in the movie. Um... I wish he used the Batman Begins voice, but we get what we get, and we deal with it. And there's no skateboard in that picture. And there's no skateboard in that picture. All right. um, Let's move on to story synopsis. I'm just going to read story synopsis. I don't even want to... I'm so upset about that skateboarding picture, and now I don't want to do the episode anymore. You know what I didn't do? I didn't write a synopsis, but luckily I like this movie a lot, so I can just do it off the top of my head. (laughs) There you Um, go. I I really enjoy this movie, so I can just... I'm just that good. Batman is continuing his war on crime and the new terrorist of the Joker rises and he finds himself in a game of chess with the Joker and the unexpected queen of uh, Harvey Dent uh, and obviously Bruce is playing <laughs> the check chess pieces because at the end he becomes the Dark Knight. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, how's that for a synopsis? You like that? <laughs> did you like that? That was good. There's no skateboard in that video. Right <laughs> I know. I know. I feel like I'm not getting the props for that synopsis, and it felt that felt really good. You did a good job. That you felt did a really good, job. good. The fact that I was you able a to good job. chess in to Dark Knight, come on.
1: You did a great job. Obviously, Bruce is playing. Congratulations. You did a great job. Okay. Let's talk about the story. Um, we kind of talked about it earlier it's a great story <laughs> it's a really it's a well done story, story. there's no, this is going there's no so off skateboard the rails. in that picture it's going so off the rails oh man oh. we have an hour and a half of a great episode and then we're just done we're just done um, it's a great story yeah. it's really well done yes. it's really well written um, I think that it is again it's this great blending mm-hmm. of the dark gritty nature of the real world with yes. the uh, fantasy elements of Batman um, I I really like that Bruce and the Joker are, are, yeah, the Batman and the Joker are these opposites and they are feeding off of each other yeah. and building off of each other. Um, and I think that that really worked. Yes. So yeah, it's a solid
0: story. It's a solid story. I could not have said that better myself. Let's tie this into our opinions. Uh, how do you feel about this movie?
1: Uh, it is absolutely incredible. It's one of the best Batman movies of all time, if not the best. Uh, it is one of the best superhero movies of all time, yeah. if not the best. I don't know exactly where I would place it among the that ranking of it all. Sure, but w- again, what it is is that this isn't this is this what do, what this does. You know, people are always trying to quote unquote elevate the superhero genre, right? right. The Joker elevated the superhero genre, whatever, whatever. Yeah. this actually did it. This actually, did this actually did it. Actually did it. Superhero this, movies got better. Because in the And the one two punch of this and Iron Man, yeah, absolutely sealed the fate of it all. Yeah, if one of them came out. It'd be one thing, but the yeah. fact they both came out in the same year, yeah. it this is this is where we want to go, yeah. in the future. We,
0: um, no, you, you're good. I was literally gonna say like we kind of touched on that year 2008 in the Iron Man episode, but like you know this this is the other movie that changes everything. It's yeah. crazy. It's just like the fact that 2008 is one of the biggest DC is probably the biggest <sighs> DC movie of all time and one of the best Marvel movies of all time. Same year and. The trajectory that superhero movies go from there on out is—it's like wow, like this is crazy—and one of them does it better than the other, but still, it's—it's it's cra- it's, I think it, it really is a fascinating year to look at and how some, how much it changed things. It
1: puts some respect on a on the superhero movie, yeah. Because if Christopher Nolan's willing to do a superhero movie and he's doing it in this way—that's so elevated, that's so intense and gripping—and it's. It's not a superhero movie. It's a crime movie. It's a thriller. It's an yeah. action movie. It's a cop drama. It's all this stuff. Right. You know what I mean? And it's 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 setting, you know, this it's it's uh it's filling it's it's checking all these boxes. It's doing yeah. so much that people are like, Oh wow, look what we can actually do yeah, in this genre and you start to see more people jump on and what they do, specifically Marvel and stuff, but like what they're able to do. Just in general, mm-hmm. you know, eventually we talk talking about with, with Logan and stuff. And even right. now we're seeing them try, event you know, every, we have a lot of pretty mid to subpar superhero movies right. along between 2008 and 2023. Right. But we are also getting every now and then those people that are pushing the boundaries and trying different things and like showing that like you can have a mature... Superhero movie. You can have a mature movie with themes, and I think without *The Dark Knight*, we don't get things like *Captain America: Winter Soldier* or *Captain America: Civil War*. These movies that like are Logan. Lo- the Logan, yeah, yeah. And I mean, but I mentioned Logan already, but like we don't get those things because that are more. That they have action. They have you know they're part sure. of franchises and stuff, but they're more character driven drama driven story driven they're more conversational pieces you know what I mean like to me in those movies the more exciting elements aren't the it's not the action movie it's it's the conversations it's it's the relationships it's it's all that
0: right I would even argue something like Deadpool um, just because like the sense of boundary pushing like I don't think without the Dark Knight you don't get Deadpool because I feel like people will be afraid of it they'd be like oh well we haven't really had like a great so why would we take a chance on this I think because of this movie, you kind of get Deadpool because people are like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, like we can take a chance on this because people love superhero movies." How much farther can we push it? And then you get this. So I don't know. It's it's fascinating just the ripple effect this movie has on the industry and Alan superhero. Films what do then,
1: too, in general? I just think that like you know people like look at comic book movies in the in that genre as like kids, yeah. kid stuff. And I think people that were kids in 1989 that watched Michael Keaton's Batman. Yeah. might you know that that and and that was that was more drama you know dramatic and that mm-hmm. was darker and that was all that stuff but it was still very fantasy fantastical and whimsical and yeah. stuff like that but I think those people that were kids there you know they they started to think oh superhero movies are, are you know kids stuff but then when this movie comes out they I, think, I feel like a lot of people fell back in love with the genre again. yeah and 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 and, and one people back 2008. Again, this is done. This has been done before, whatever. But Disney was a time where people started to realize that comic book, its okay to like comic books and comic book movies. Yes. It's okay yeah. to like superheroes, and it's okay to go to their movies, and and it's okay. And it's still—it's kind of okay. It's kind of cool now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I think, and I think that that this is very important for all of that. Sure. This this movie.
0: Yeah, it really sets the table, doesn't it? It's it does. incredible. It's really incredible. Um, what's your rating? Hmm.
1: The Dark Knight's a brilliant film. Five stars. I'm in agreement with you. It's five stars. It is. It's one of the best ever made. Um, I can't sit here and say it's not. On my letterbox, before I updated it, I had a list that's listed as four and a half stars wow i don't know why yeah what were you thinking
0: i don't know maybe you were trying to be one of the cool kids one of the too cool for. Oh, kids. it's a five it's a five it's four and a half i mean you you kind of, you are a little uh you're a little curmudgeon sometimes with giving your five stars out i'm not gonna lie you I'm, are not, a little... I'm not
1: curmudgeon-y i'm 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 a little i'm a little
0: uh hesitant sure yeah I can, maybe that's a better word i like to say curmudgeon because sometimes <laughs> when i give something five stars you're like you really think it's a five star movie because you know it has to be a I don't know. With you, it's personal. I, I don't know. It's To me, it needs a personal touch to be in sure, a 5 star movie. Sure. Like yes. Fast Five. Yeah, the most personal of all films. <laughs> um, you know why it's personal?
1: Because that movie's about family.
0: Yeah, that movie's about family. Uh,
1: uniqueness. What stands out to you? Christopher Nolan's direction. Heath Ledger's performance. The aspect of it all. The, even though I haven't never seen this movie in IMAX, the IMAX... Uh, oh, re- man. This, I mean,
0: what this did for IMAX. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we don't, you know. Now we get to go to theaters, and it's the only way to watch a movie. I would love for them you know to. What I mean? It's the only way to watch a movie. We I have would, to literally sit there and watch them jerk themselves off <laughs> before we get to the actual movie. I
1: would love for them to. Yeah, that's that, that is something that we've talked about. How like IMAX is like if you can't see a movie in IMAX, f- and kill yourself. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> that's
0: exactly what they do. Yeah, that's exactly what they go. It's it's literally like. I, I mean, and I, w- I hadn't gone to IMAX movies for a while, because I texted you when I went to go see I went to see something in IMAX um, earlier this year, and I don't yeah, know what well, it was, and it was, I hadn't it, gone to an IMAX theater in the a Flash? long time it was The Flash, and I have not been in an IMAX theater in a long time, and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for the movie to start, and I'm just getting bombarded with, like, these IMAX like, ads, essentially, of them literally, like,
1: IMAX is the greatest way to ever see a movie, yeah,
0: they're like they're like literally jerking themselves off, and I'm like what am I watching here? Like, they're just like, it's the only way to experience a movie. And if not, you might as well just hang yourself because it's not worth it. If you can't afford the $20 ticket, go, yeah. Like, it's just no good. And I'm like, I hate this. And then even before the movie starts, they do the countdown thing. They calibrate the theater with that stupid, like calibrating audience. And you're like, oh, you, you know, like, just give me the movie. I don't need all the IMAX promotion. Um, but yeah, I, you know what? We can blame Chris Nolan for that. But Christopher I,
1: Nolan did this. I never saw this movie in IMAX. I really wish they would do it. Um, it's sad that they're not doing a 15th year anniversary. I think it's because Oppenheimer's out. And Probably. And he doesn't want to compete with himself. You know what I mean? Um, if he had any
0: balls, he would. You know who I, would? James Cameron.
1: I think they. they I don't know if they did an IMAX thing, but they, I know they did release, re-release the movie. I think like... After the pandemic, like as right. a way to try to get people to come out to the theaters. Oh, ever was released in IMAX, but um, yeah, uh, I, I think that I think all that stuff stands out. Yeah, big time. Um,
0: yeah, you nailed it. There's really not much else. I'm just kind of like that's what stands out. You're yeah. absolutely right. IMAX jerks themselves off. Um, Does this bring anything new? Yes, so much. It brings a new direction for superhero movies. It brings a more grounded take to superhero movies, a more gritty take, I would say too. Um, and it revitalizes the, the comic book, like the superhero genre in general, like completely like super, we, we said it earlier, but superhero movies are different after this comes out and the one, two punch, like we said, of Dark Knight and Iron Man, they got to go hand in hand in a way. You, if you were ever doing a double feature, you could watch Dark Knight and Iron Man together because of the, just for the importance of those movies alone. You yeah. know, and what they do for superhero movies. Yeah,
1: it, it, it that it's it's it, it's an important movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, it, it really, as cliched as it is, as people will be like, oh, it's so generic. The thing is, the the biggest problem with the Dark Knight is it's so generic to like the Dark Knight now. Yeah, that like it's people become, are like oh, it's the Dark Knight. Like you you had even mentioned, and we're not gonna get into the context of it all. Right, but you had mentioned that like the the Dark Knight is like the one. DVD or Blu-ray that every Batman movie that every single person has on their shelf. Yes. Like, when you buy a, a Blu-ray or a DVD player, it basically just comes with it. Yeah. Because like every single person... You walk in every single person's home... It's there. Whether they're a huge Batman fan or not a huge Batman fan, they have the, the Dark Knight. It's on the shelf. Um, even if you're the biggest Batman fan in the world, uh, it's there. What's the best scene? This is... We haven't met we haven't used this term in a while. Sure. Yeah, I don't know if you know what I'm gonna say. I feel
0: like I do. I want you to say it. It's a roulette. It's a roulette wheel. This is a, roulette, it's it's a, roulette, it's roulette, a roulette, roulette wheel. It's a roulette wheel, man.
1: Uh just about every scene. Just about I about think every I scene. think like every scene in this movie. Spin is a the container. wheel,
0: throw a dart, drop the yeah. ball in, see what happens. Like that's what it is. Like you kinda just kinda like every single like I I still love the opening of this movie. Oh, I, think yeah. the, I think the bank heist stuff is so good. And I'm like, I just love it. I'm like, what a great introduction to Joker. But also, it's just so uh, riveting watching the whole bank heist. Um, I, I love uh, uh, Batman in the construction site taking out all the uh, the hostages as clowns. And then the the, cl- the clowns are dressed as the hostages. Like All of that's really fascinating to me. Um, I love the Joker. The, Joker invading the mob hideout and slamming the guy's head into the bench. I mean, it's just so much. Yep, that's it. It's it, there's so much. There's so much um, you can choose from.
1: The scene with Scarecrow where the imposters are out and that was my, my favorite quote for this entire movie. I'm not wearing hockey pads. I'm not wearing
0: hockey pads. Yeah,
1: like you know, like like that's you know that that's incredible. Um, do you have an actual favorite scene in this movie? I'm going to pick joker
0: in the hospital with two-face okay when he when he's he's in that nurse outfit and he pretty much convinces two-face like join my side of insanity because i like and he offer he literally offers two-face the choice to kill him right there and he doesn't do it and he makes his choice of okay i'm gonna get revenge instead of killing you and it's a really intense scene and it's really well done yeah. and you're kind of like wow joker just convinced this guy to switch sides yeah like right now that's like it's such a cool scene yeah it's really yeah. cool i think that's it for me
1: uh my favorite is and this might be another appreciated answer but it's the interrogation scene oh yeah great one you know yeah. again immediately boom head on the table never start with the head the victim gets yeah. woozy you know but like. even
0: before like even before that the little stuff with uh commissioner gordon yeah. like commissioner gordon gets up i'm gonna get a cup of coffee and he's like oh the good cop bad cop routine and he's like not exactly. <laughs> and then the lights come on and he's standing right there behind him. It's pretty cool. It does boil down to
1: just Where is she? Poof! Where is she? Poof!
0: It boils down to Rachel. My complaint with the movie. Rachel! Where's Rachel? And you're just like Where's Rachel? Yeah. It's just so like okay, Rachel! Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know.
1: No, it does boil down to, to all of that. I know that's not your favorite thing. No. But I, I really I think that that scene between the two of them and it is them pushing each other and it shows the the parasite relationship between the two of them. Yes. They they need each other to survive. One hundred percent. That's
0: a good way to put it. Um, yeah, they're parasites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Uh, connectivity. How does this fit in with the franchise? I mean, it, it elevates everything. It elevates everything. everything. It's, <laughs> like, it's a
1: direct continuation to the previous movie. Yeah, so that fits in that way. But it's everything that we've. I feel like, it feels like everything we've seen has been building to this yeah. moment.
0: How do you even... like The problem with this movie, too, is that it kind of shoots itself in the foot a little bit, because I think Rises is, is is just naturally not as good, because you just made the greatest superhero movie of all time. What's well, that? And then in, you're, you have to kind of... I don't even know if Nolan was intending it, because I don't think he was, but I think he knew going into Rises, I'm not going to top this, so I'm just going to try to do the best well, the, I can to make it a the biggest thing, too, second. is
1: we said that like this is a great movie on its own. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a better movie with Heath Ledger in it. Yes. Well, Heath Ledger's dead. So what? How? Yes. What do you like? What do you do? What do you do now? How do you? How do you? follow this. From what I understand, though, too, uh,
0: Ledger wasn't going to be like a major part of. There Rises. was a rumor that there was a rumor that, th- rumor that there was going to be like a cameo more. The
1: rumor is, and I don't, I don't even know if this is true. The no rumor would be the was guy that he would have been the scarecrow's role in Rises, like where, where he's thing. running the he's running the trials. Right is what the rumor would have been. Right. I don't know how true that is. I feel like it would have been something different. It feels like a waste of the character. I think the reason why Rises, and this is a next big thing, Mm -hmm. is the way it is, is because Ledger was dead. Yeah. And I think that they would have pivoted to... I don't think they had an idea, or they might have had an idea, but I don't think they had a script Mm -hmm. for Rises when this was made. Right. I think they would have included the Joker just based off the success of this movie. Right. And continued it, and maybe used Bane or whoever as the lead with the Joker as a side... Villain of it right, all, right? Right. But he would have to have been in it. You just couldn't do it, right? And there I think w- that I think that the rises took a hit because of Ledger's death, right?
0: The the script for rises was not written when this came out. Yeah, they like Nolan spent years working on it, trying to crack it. Um, he wasn't even sure if he wanted to do a third one. Yeah, I know, That's yeah. how. That's kind of where he, he doesn't was like trilogies. Doesn't like trilogies. Yeah, he doesn't like trilogies. And is this where the continuation of the franchise? Absolutely, one hundred percent. All right. Before we get into the future of the franchise, let's jump into some casting, some fun facts. I'm here. Let's do it. Casting, Heath Ledger was the only actor seriously considered for the role of the Joker. Uh, Nolan stated that after meeting him and seeing that they had the same ideas as to where to take the character, he felt confident in his casting. Ledger had some trepidation about taking the role uh, and following up uh, with like Nicholson's iconic performance, but was much more excited about the challenge for of it, which makes sense for Harvey Denton two-face, Nolan wanted an actor with an all-American heroic presence. Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> Aaron Eckhart. Thank you for smoking. Um, <laughs> but with an undercurrent of anger or darkness as well, something like that. So some of the actors considered, Josh Lucas, Ryan Philippi, Mark Ruffalo, and Matt Damon were all considered.
1: Interesting choices.
0: Interesting choices, right? Like I kind of was like I don't, I don't know, know if any of know. them
1: could do it. Matt Damon's too big of a name, I he's think. He's too big of a name,
0: and it's funny that, like, Matt Damon is always kind of, he's kind of always been in Nolan's orbit, like, a little bit, like, and they don't really work together till Interstellar, yeah. when he has that small role in that, but it's funny, because he's always kind of there, but they never could find the right project, and then he pops up at Interstellar, and you're like, oh, that's really cool, and then obviously Oppenheimer, but it's, it's fascinating, because it's kind of like, I don't know if he would work as Harvey Dent, like, I don't know, and also, like, it feels like superhero movies have always alluded Matt Damon, Robin, yeah, Yeah. Harvey Dent. Like, it just feels like he's never really, the stars have never really been aligned. But now he's in, I was going to say, now he's uh, he's an actor. He's an acting god in Thor. Eckhart was cast due to his all-American charm and aura of a good man pushed too far. It's very effective. Katie Holmes declined to return for The Dark Knight, choosing to do the crime comedy Mad Money instead. Now, that's all I have, but what I will say,
1: it was Tom Cruise. I, I was going to say this. I, <laughs> I looked this can up. Can we just mention the Tom Cruise stuff? Did we talk about this last thing? I can't remember. A little bit. Was. A little bit. I looked it up. Yeah. Because I wanted to see for myself. Because I remember... I My memory was that it was everybody was talking about how it was Cruise's fault. Or Cruise did it. Yeah. That's not anywhere. You cannot it's find gone. it anywhere on the internet. Like, <laughs> like, there's no, like, no speculation of it, no whatever. I'm like, am I making this up? That, that everybody was kind of under the impression? No. Because in my mind... One hundred percent. I don't know what. I don't know if it was a Chelsea thing. I don't know if it's, he thought she was too good for it or not good enough for it. Or right. Scientology thing. He convinced her not to do it. Yeah, he convinced her not to do it. That's that's how it is in my mind. I don't have proof of it. I literally could not find <laughs> proof of it. In my mind, I thought during that time that was what it was too. Like I was
0: convinced it was that too. And I'm like, I remember hearing things that it was Cruz's fault that he convinced her not to do it for whatever reason and you're right maybe it's a jealousy thing maybe it was a whatever thing who knows maybe scientologists wiped the internet of it maybe Maybe tom cruise was hard at work and said you got to get this off the internet because i don't want people blaming this on me but from what i understand all i could find was that she chose to do this crime comedy mad money instead which from what i understand is not a very good movie so i don't understand why like that's that's the thing like what was the thinking you know like, why would she choose to do crime, comedy, mad money, and not The Dark Knight? You know what I want to know? You get The Dark Knight script and read it and go, nah, and give it back? Like,
1: you know, it doesn't make sense. You know what I want to know? What? I want to know what happened to Shelly Miskovich. That's what I want to know. Where's Shelly Miskovich? Shelly Mitch. That's Mich- the Mich- wife mm-hmm. of the, the Scientologist that
0: oh has disappeared. Yeah, yeah. They're claiming she's alive, <laughs> but nobody's seen her. Where's Shelly Miskovich? Yeah, where's Shelley? She's not alive. She's dead. <laughs>
1: She's dead. No, she's mm-hmm. totally no, no. She's fine. She's in the other room. She's in the other room. You can't, you can't see, see her, her but you she's can't there. Talk to her. She's there. She's in the other room. Yeah, yeah.
0: In a casket. She's dead. <laughs> Maggie Gyllenhaal uh, was cast as her replacement. Gyllenhaal said uh, that she approached Rachel as a new character and did not reference Holmes's previous portrayal, which I think was the smart move. It would have been weird to kind of like for her to try to just and be. I, Katie I think Holmes. they
1: handle that very well, where like they just show. Like, uh, Michael Caine's like, oh, are you interested in his arm candy or his whatever, and, and, and they just yeah. show her, and he's like, oh, Rachel's doing her own thing. Mm-hmm. And he established very quickly, this is the new Rachel, and they don't bring any attention to it, and it really works.
0: Yeah, it works. Um, other fun facts. Uh, in Sir Michael Caine's opinion, Heath Ledger beat the odds and topped Jack Nicholson's Joker from Batman 89. Uh, Quote, Jack was like a clown figure, benign but wicked, maybe a killer old uncle. It sounds like something he'd say. He could, <laughs> he could be funny and make you laugh. He's gone in a completely different direction to Jack. He's like a really scary psychopath. He's a lovely guy, and his Joker is going to be a hell of a revelation in this picture. That's the great Michael Caine right there, man. Just dishing out And the then mob.
1: he also said, I've not seen Charles 4 The Revenge, but I've seen the house of built. Yeah. That's very nice. Yeah, it's
0: very nice. Kane bases this belief on a scene where the Joker pays a visit to Bruce Wayne's penthouse. Um, he'd never met Ledger before, so when Ledger arrived and performed, he gave Kane such a fright, he forgot his lines. Kind of cool. Makes sense. Uh, in preparation for That's his role... That's great scene, by the way. It's a great scene. In preparation for his role as the Joker, Heath Ledger hid away in a motel room for about six weeks. This stuff we know. Um, during his extended stay of seclusion, Ledger di- uh, delved deep into the psychology of the character. He devoted himself to developing the Joker's every tick, namely the voice and that sadistic sounding laugh... Ha, ha, ha. Yes. Ho, ho, he, he. Yes. For The Voice, uh, Ledger's goal was to create a tone that didn't echo the work Jack Nicholson did in his 89 performance as the Joker. So, a lot of this performance, he literally was like, I don't want to not do, I I want to not be Jack Nicholson. That's exactly what this performance was. Uh, Ledger's interpretation of the Joker's appearance was primarily based on the chaotic, disheveled look of punk rocker Sid Vicious, combined with the psychotic mannerisms of Malcolm McDowell's character Alec, Alex DeLarge from A Clockwork Orange, which is a crazy I character. I th-
1: thought I also heard something about Tom Waits. There's a little Tom Waits in there, too. Inspiration as yeah, well, yeah.
0: There's a little Tom Waits in there, too. You're right. While filming a chase scene on Lake Street, uh, the Chicago Police Department received several calls from concerned citizens stating that the police were involved in a vehicle pursuit with a dark vehicle of unknown maker model. model. Could you imagine just, like, seeing that go by and just like, I don't, know what it is. I don't know what it is. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? It was a John Beagle. <laughs> Rachel! <laughs> He's yelling Rachel. Is there a Rachel? Is there a Rachel? Who's <laughs> Rachel? Go help Rachel! <laughs> <laughs> this was the first comic book movie to reach the $1 billion mark worldwide. Very cool. Uh, Heath Ledger's sudden death from drug toxicity on January twenty second, 2008 prompted immediate speculation over this movie's state and Ledger's disposition prior to death. Um, So this is kind of the stuff about that quick. Uh, Soon after Ledger's death was announced, Warner Brothers issued a statement that verified that Ledger had finished all of his scenes in principal photography as well as post-production duties, uh, thus making the Joker's final completed movie role. Rumors abounded that playing the intense role had taken its toll on Ledger's mental state, causing him to become depressed and take a wrong combination of drugs as a result. However, his family has since put such rumors to rest by stating that far from being depressed, he had a lot of fun playing the role. Ledger did suffer from insomnia throughout his life and would often take sleeping pills together with other prescription drugs, uh, something that his sister had warned against the night before his death. Unfortunately, the mix he took on that night proved to be a fatal combination. So I think it was probably this mix of insomnia he had along with taking pills to try to help himself sleep. Again, I don't really buy into the whole, oh, the role just wrecked it. Like it just doesn't, I don't know. To me, no. No. Fun facts. Yes, fun facts. So much fun. I know, but we have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. I know. That's what I call the not-so-fun fact. Yeah, that's a not-very-fun fact, but we have to talk about it. Aaron Eckhart. There's a lot of Heath Ledger stuff in here. I just kind of loaded it up just to kind of get it all out there. Um, Aaron Eckhart spoke about a unique experience he had with Heath Ledger during the hospital scene. He said that before lines were exchanged, Ledger, Ledger would just walk around in character mumbling to himself in an odd manner. All Eckhart could do at the t- time was just watch him while still in character. This went on for several minutes until Ledger got close to him. Eckhart felt compelled at this point to fiercely raise his hand up. Immediately, Ledger grabbed Eckhart's uh, raised hand in an equally matched fierce manner. When the scene was over, Ledger, now out of character, told Eckhart, "That's what acting's all about. <laughs> that's cool. That's very cool. cool. That's 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 a cool cucumber right there. <laughs> just looks. At, that's what acting's all about, baby." Sounds like a Matthew McConaughey-ism. Oh, i right, oh, um, right, right. The bus crashing backwards into the bank in the opening sequence was much harder to pull off than was anticipated. The bus had to be taken apart and reassembled inside the building, um, which was a disused post office, concealed behind a large false wall, and then propelled backwards with an air cannon. That's so cool. Jesus. Isn't that wild? Uh, That's
1: another one of those things that this doesn't really make sense if you think about it. There's no way nobody would not notice that school bus going into that bank and then coming out of that bank. Yeah, but you know.
0: Yeah, that's one of the plot holes. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> it just pulls right out, and you're like, "What? There, like, that,
1: there's a bus behind it that literally can see it coming yeah. out of the bank. Like, the bus is no like, way. "Okay, I guess he took this shortcut." <laughs> <laughs> the, hey, buddy, I think you hit a bank. There's dust coming off the school bus. Like <laughs> people can tell, there's something wrong. Yeah. Uh, In the documentary,
0: I Am Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger's vocal coach on this movie, uh, Gary Grinnell, stated that Heath had to continuously lick his lips uh, due to his prosthetic coming off whenever he spoke. Uh, He eventually made this a tick of the character as he was filming. It's kind of cool. While filming the chase scene with the Joker and the SWAT vans, one of only four IMAX cameras in the world at the time was destroyed. Jesus. Yeah, that would be... Could you imagine Chris Nolan calling and just being like,
1: yeah, bloody broke one.
0: <laughs> I keep thinking of the hangover scene. We f***ed up. <laughs> I just keep thinking of that. Like, that's what I think. Uh, you break one of the four IMAX cameras in the world. Uh, Two-Face's disfigurement was created through computer graphics rather than prosthetic makeup. I'm sorry, what? As writer, producer, and director Christopher Nolan felt that no matter how good the makeup was, it is still inherently adding something onto another onto an actor's face. When Two Face's appearance requires part of the face to be burned away, Christopher Nolan pushed for the CGI on the face. This man no CGI. He doesn't use CGI. No CGI. So obviously that's a
1: did you hear that he didn't credit like eighty percent of the people who actually did CGI on Oppenheimer. That's true. Yeah, it was they. They really he like apparently he accidentally forgot to credit Quote in the unquote. credits eighty percent of the people who did CGI on the movie.
0: Yeah, it's stuff like that sometimes. You're like, I don't know, Nolan. You know, <laughs> I don't know. You know why? Because they were sitting down. And no one sits down on a Nolan set. No one sits down on a Nolan set. This, uh, this movie made more money than Batman Begins' entire domestic run in only six days of release. While this movie is dedicated to Ledger, it also bears a dedication to Conway Wycliffe, a stuntman who was killed when in the passenger side of the car uh, crashed. Like the car crashed and oh, he died while being a pat. While he was a passenger in the car. Yes. Trouble arose during a public relations campaign before the movie's release when a website related to this movie sent out several cakes purportedly from the Joker containing a cell phone inside, which made the cake vibrate and had wires sticking out, making the cake look like a bomb. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a bomb. It's not pie. It's a bomb. Remember the SpongeBob episode? <laughs> it's not a cake. It's a bomb. One such news station, which received one of the cakes, believed it to be an actual terrorist act, and the entire building had to be evacuated.
1: At least he didn't send used condoms and dead rats.
0: Yeah, but he sent a cake that looked like a bomb. I mean, he didn't
1: send it. I heard
0: heard Christopher Nolan bake those cakes himself. That's what I heard. Um, Christopher Nolan and his co-writers, Jonathan Nolan and David S. Goyer, made the decision very early on not to explore the Joker's origins. This was so the character could be presented as an absolute, yeah. which is pretty cool.
1: It's the best way to do it.
0: Yeah, always. Uh, the first four days of scheduled shooting resulted in no film being rolled. Instead, Christopher Nolan screened two movies per day for the cast and crew with a break in between. They ate movies in order Heat, <laughs> Cat People, which is a 1942 movie, never seen it, Citizen Kane, King Kong. <laughs> Batman Begins, <laughs> why not, Black Sunday, which is a 1977 movie, A Clockwork Orange, and Stalag 17, which is a uh, 1953 movie. According to Christopher Nolan, Bruce Wayne's reasons for needing a new Batsuit to be faster and more agile were, in fact, the real reasons why Nolan wanted the Batsuit to be redesigned for this movie. <laughs> the infamous growl performed by Christian Bale was much rougher in this movie than Batman Begins and has been parodied countless times due to his extreme nature. Uh, we did it right here, actually, on this podcast. You I don't know what you're talking about. For you uh, however, the common misconception is that Christian Bale was fully responsible for this voice. The real voice during filming was more toned down and then heightened to be a rougher, grittier vibe during post-production under the decision of Christopher Nolan. So, on set, he was not doing that. that no, one was, made, no one made the right choice. I love the voice. I guess he did. Um, I love the voice. I love the voice. The sequel takes place roughly nine months right after the events of Batman Begins. <laughs> Here we go. The character of Reese is an allusion to the Riddler, who attempts to reveal the identity of Batman. Much like Edward Nigma, whose name sounds like Enigma. Mr. Reese sounds like Mr. Reese. It does? Yeah, sure I it am, does. I didn't get that. Uh many believe that one of the key reasons why the academy moved from five best picture nominations to 10 because two of the uh best received movies of the year this movie and Wally were not amongst the five nominees. Yeah. This is I mean they basically said that this was the reason. Yeah. It's insane. Um it changed everything. That's also what it did. Yeah.
1: It's literally changing the academy.
0: Yeah. This is the first Batman movie where Batman operates outside of Gotham. Because he goes to Hong Kong. He goes to Hong Kong, yeah. Batman goes to China. Heath Ledger's posthumous uh, Oscar nomination for Best Actor in a Supporting Role as the Joker was coincidentally announced on the first anniversary of his death. Yeah, not a very fun fact. This was the highest grossing Batman movie and the highest grossing of any movie adapting DC Comics characters. So there you go. Uh, both does reco- not hold that record anymore. <laughs> yeah, no it doesn't. Both records were pre- previously held by Batman 89. Heath Ledger uh, won a total of 32 Best Actor and a Supporting Role Awards for his work on this movie, including the Quintuple Oscar, Golden Globe, BAFTA, SAG, and Critics' Choice Award. That's insane. It is insane. That's that sweet Quintuple. The only awards for which he was nominated but didn't win were the Satellite Award which went to Michael Shannon for Revolutionary Road, and the London Film Critics Circle Award for Actor of the Year, which went to Mickey Rourke for The Wrestler. Mm. (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: They need to give him something. Um, Why were they in the same category? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe London's different, though.
1: Maybe maybe that was just the performance in general. Yeah.
0: London's, you know, it's the UK. Maybe they do things differently over there. I don't know.
1: I'm going to ask you the question real quick before you continue. Would he have won if he had not died? I see everybody ask that all the time.
0: Yeah, you do. Yeah, that's an interesting question. He would have... I don't know if he would have won the quintuple, like all five. Yeah. But I think he would have won some awards. What he you won the
1: Academy Award specifically? I have to look at everyone who
0: was nominated that year.
1: I was the Robert Downey Jr. That was the Tropic
0: Thunder year. year Yeah. I would have to look at everybody, but if I had to guess right now, I would say probably yes. Because I think no matter how you slice it that performance still now yeah. stands the test of time. Um, and you can make that argument, I guess, for Tropic Thunder as well, like for RDJ, but it's not RDJ's best performance, right? Like, I wouldn't say it's his greatest performance. It's a great comedic performance. The thing there, is... There is something about the Dark Knight, the, about the Joker role, that it is it, it is a mag, it is just a magnetic performance, you know?
1: The thing is is cuz people are like oh what do you, he only wanted cuz he died whatever whatever i i think the the performance would have deserved it either way obviously right. would have been the same performance but i think it got it did get more attention because of his death you know what yes. i mean because of his death the movie did garner more attention that got people's more eyes on the performance which got him the oscar yes so i think it would have deserved it either way and by the way i have the nominations here so heath ledger won in the category that was also filled with josh brolin from milk robert downey jr from tropic thunder philip seymour hoffman from down and michael shannon from revolutionary road that's stacked that's really stacked philip seymour hoffman's interesting because
0: he's a phenomenal actor i've seen revolutionary road i'll be 100 percent honest with you I don't think I don't think so. It's a, it's a fine role, but Michael and, Shannon's not in the movie, and Downey that much.
1: doesn't deserve it. Downey, either. not yet, I mean, not yet. No,
0: yeah, not yet. He could win it this year. No, no, that's different. No, I, agree that. I agree yeah, with yeah, that. I agree with that. It, it, it would have been, been, been weird for Thunder*. Yes, it would have been weird if they gave it to him for that, because it's like you know, it's a very funny role. It's very comedic, but it's like it would have been weird. It would have been weird. I th- I kind of feel like Heath Ledger's the choice. I haven't seen Milk, though. I don't know how good Josh Brolin is in Milk. Apparently, it's, he's really
1: good. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, cool. I think he would have, though.
1: I, I think he should have, whether he would have or not. Because, I mean, the movie didn't even get nominated for Best Picture. That's the True. thing, So
0: True. Just as it was when filming Batman Begins, right? Uh, Christopher Nolan oversaw every shot because uh, there was no second unit. Except Joker's homemade videos, which, which were he, directed by Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger yeah. yeah, he did those.
1: But those, those so, are... Disturbing.
0: It's terrifying. Elaborate interactive marketing campaigns were launched in the months leading up to the release of this movie. One of these was an event at the 2007 San Diego Comic-Con called Why So Serious, um, which involved fans following clues hidden around the city. Uh, The legions of Joker-painted fans ended up congregating in the street across from the convention center where one of their numbers was welcomed into a black escalade with Gotham license plates that had just pulled up. After a moment, the fan started screaming, and the SUV sped away. Uh, Later that day, a Gotham City newspaper was circulated reporting that a man believed to be the Joker was found beaten to death. Included were crime scene photos of the fan who had gotten into the Escalade, and a mention that he was found with a playing card in his hand, which, which was scribbled, see you in December. Jeez. That's a hell of a marketing campaign. Was December the trailer? I think December was probably the trailer. Yeah, I think that's probably what that was, if I had to guess. Because it doesn't sound like they debuted footage. It sounds like they yeah. debuted, they just had a fan interaction thing. Uh, when it was announced that the Joker would be the main main antagonist of this movie, it was rumored that Paul Bettany would be playing the part. However, when Heath Ledger was cast, uh, Nolan came under criticism from the media as they thought Ledger was completely wrong for the role, which happens all the time. They
1: just He just said the guy from Knight's Tale, and people just yeah. thought it was Bettany.
0: Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, these concerns were quickly silenced when the movie came out as Ledger received universal praise for his performance. Yeah, people heard Night's Tale and they went, The guy with his a- out?
1: <laughs> it's been me. You talking about the guy who's hanging dong? <laughs> Thank you. Hey Thank man, you, I heard <laughs> that Oppenheimer was supposed to have full frontal nudity from Murphy. I saw no penis in that movie. Is that true? There was rumors that Florence Pugh and Killian Murphy were going to do full frontal in the movie. I was
0: surprised that didn't happen, because I was like, Florence Pugh shows a lot. Yeah,
1: no, no, no. She didn't really need the show anymore. But I heard that he was supposed to show... Now, I did... Maybe just the tip? I, I did hear some... I heard a conspiracy theory Okay. that... Uh, that Because um, it also... All these, like, sex thing stuff apparently blew up before the movie came out. Yeah. I guess like deter people from going to see it. Because like, scenes are, for some reason, really controversial in film now, which I don't think is... In <laughs> American film. Yeah. It's not think, as controversial in I don't think Europe. it's necessary. It's... I, don't, I don't think it's necessary to be controversial. I mean, it's just always been a part of film. Yeah. I don't understand what the big deal
0: is. Sex is sex. Yeah. It happens. And in, I understand. It happens. Yeah.
1: Like... And you should be handling it. They should be handling it appropriately, filming it. Yeah. But it's okay to include those in the movies yeah. but uh, there was rumors that like I heard there, apparently there was rumors of a 15 minute sex scene and all this stuff and if people were like oh there was a conspiracy theory that WB was the one leaking this information that's not true oh. to try to deter people from seeing the that's, movie oh, to go boy. see Barbie that's so stupid that's so stupid that's <laughs> no, a conspiracy theory it's a
0: conspiracy theory that's one I might buy in it's weird that sex scenes are controversial in America you know where that is? what? Christian oligarchy
1: yeah oh um, <laughs> you like Christian oligarchy. may I interest you in The Sound of Freedom
0: (laughs) do you like (laughs) QAnon oh man that movie bombed did it really oh it did well The Sound of Freedom did well yeah well I'll talk to you off mic about it no way I'll talk to you you, have you not been keeping up with that all I know is that it's like a a QAnon we'll talk story. about it okay cool we'll talk about it
1: there's a, there's a long story there okay cool
0: I can't wait uh, I didn't realize it was doing well maybe it was just, maybe I just drowned it out if, because of
1: Barbenheimer it's that doing well high. I don't know how many people are seeing the movie we'll talk about it really we'll talk about it AI baby no no I know somebody's they, buying up tickets they have a pay it forward campaign they're, at the end of the movie, a little thing comes up and says, scan the QR code and oh, buy tickets for somebody to see the movie. That's so So people stupid. are going on and tickets, paying for tickets. But nobody's going. But nobody's going to. No, Allegedly, nobody's going to see the movie. Okay. There are people that claim they're seeing the movie. Gotcha. I don't know anybody that's seen it. So, <laughs> I, I it's made them. a lot of money. It's yeah. been consistently third or fourth in the box office. Because of the QR because code. Because of... This pay-it-forward campaign. That's insane.
0: That's insane. This is why Hollywood's burning down. It's just um, a scam. It's just the way it's a, it is, it's it's a, scam. a scam. It's an absolute mind. scam. Um, in one draft of the script, a reference to Robin being related to Rachel Dawes was considered. Mm. I don't know if I would have liked that. Maybe I would have. Uh, the character of Dick Grayson was not explicitly mentioned. However, Rachel Dawes is revealed as being a relative of the Grayson family. Um, Nolan had it removed because he didn't want to build up Hope's uh, about a Robin appearing in a future movie, although we kind of get that next week, don't we? Robin? What a name. You should use your real name. It's nice. Robin. Who names your kid <laughs> Robin? You should use your real name.
1: It's nice. Nightwing. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: should use your real name. It's nice. Red Hood. <laughs> Where am I? Uh, well, filming in Chicago, Wanted. Do you remember Wanted? mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, was the neighboring production and morgan freeman worked concurrently on both movies because yeah, he, he is in wanted so he would walk off set and go across town and hang out with Angelina jolie and james mcavoy and be like i'm in wanted mode baby let's turn those bullets
1: i feel like he gave more
0: of an effort in the dark
1: Knight. Yeah,
0: he sure did to. he sure did you know what it was he was emotionally drained from the dark night he's like man i really did some work over there and then he walks over there and he's like curve them bullets He's throwing his hand out. He's going like this. He's like, that <laughs> um, God almighty. Uh, at one point, wanted comic book writer Mark Miller visited the set, but without permission. The security and Lauren Shuler Donner, who also visited the, visited the set at the time, caught Miller sitting on the bat pod. Miller was escorted away from the set because he probably shouldn't have been sitting on the bat pod. Costner's trying to
1: figure out how yeah. to
0: do Costner's like, how'd you get in there? Heath Ledger improvised when he started clapping inside his jail cell in a mocking and sardonic way as Gordon is promoted. The clapping was not scripted, but Christopher Nolan immediately encouraged the crew to continue with filming, uh, and the sequence was included in the final cut. But I feel like that's pretty well known. Makes sense. Uh, and that's all I have. That's all my but fun facts.
1: I was worried you're going to include there's there's the been this thing going around, and it's the 99 sure it's been debunked. Yeah. That the thing that everybody passes around online is the that. When the Joker leaves the hospital, when he stops to pause the button, or he has to press the button, press the button continuously mm-hmm. and the, the explosion yeah. stop that it was improvised that there's something wrong with the explosion and Heath Ledger like improvised that mm-hmm. and then whatever. There's That's no true. way that if an explosion was misfiring, one they would have let the the actor stay right there, <laughs> but two, they would have continued filming. Yeah. The second that one of those things don't go off, they clear the f- Way. Yeah. So there's no, no way. No, one, no
0: one's not even that crazy to yeah. be like, oh yeah, let's just keep filming. It's not going off. Yeah, let's just. Because you
1: don't filming. know what's going to happen. Yeah. If it's misfiring. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. He's so, just getting
0: pulled off that set.
1: Yeah. So they're like, people are like, oh, that it, was real. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It's called they, timing. It's called timing, and it was meant. It was
0: played kind of for comedic effect. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, Alright, let's move into the future of the franchise. Uh, should there have been a sequel to this? Yes, there should have been. Yes, there should have been. There absolutely should have been. What do you want to see
1: in the future? How about a pit? Can I interest you in a pit? <laughs> I would like to see more Joker. I would like to see a continuation to this. I understand that we can't have it. Sometimes the pit sends
0: something back. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> how about a pit? <laughs> how, about, how about How about Sylvester Stallone coming out of that pit with a mask on? Hey man, I was born in the dogs, I was born by it, you know. I, I was born uh, in the streets! I, to, you I was born in the streets, my ring's outside, you know, I had to fight Tommy Gunn out there, and I really kicked the s. And uh, then I went to uh, I had to work at the meat factory for a little bit, that really sucked, you know. But d- Paul is a bit of a s. Paul is a bit of s, isn't he? Uh, he's not a good guy, but you know, I love him, I love him. He's Adrian's brother, and I love him. Uh, Adrian's dead now. My kid don't want to talk to me, and uh, I lost all rights. The Creed verse now, apparently. I'm watching Creed three. watch watching Creed three. I knew what it could have been. It could have been Rocky seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man. man.
1: Um. No, I would. I would have liked to see the more of a direct sequel to this. Uh huh. A more of a, you know, like Batman on the run, him sure. being more of a vigilante instead of him. Him actually being hunted. Yeah. Instead right. of him retiring, like him still wanting to be an active. Yeah. Part of the community to help fight the crime instead of him just giving up. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I feel like that it's a weird direction that they went in. Right. You know, but I, I do feel like they kind of had to after the death of yeah, Ledger. you kind of
0: have to figure it out. And you know, they did what they could with what they had, and I think they, uh, I think they make it work for the to the best that they can. Yeah, it's it's not a perfect movie, but it it does what it has to do. Absolutely. Um, what franchise star would you add? Keanu Reeves. Ooh, wow! Right off the top there, I like that. Um, how about Martin Freeman? There you go. I don't know what he would do. Maybe he's Robin. Is this is because you watched
1: Secret Invasion. <laughs> it is
0: because I watched Secret <laughs> Invasion. I was happy when he got out of that pod. Oh, he's still alive! Very quickly, Secret Invasion. I liked it. I, I, it's, it's 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 kind people of people don't like it's it. Kind of I, I like it. It's kind it. of mid. It's kind of mid. Um, overall, I know that's like the word the kids use. I like the like, acting. I, I mean,
1: I'm, I'm an acting guy. That's the strongest yeah.
0: part of the show, but story wise, I was like, ah, that's a little. Cheeto
1: wasn't very good in the show. Wasn't uh, very good. I don't think he was very good. Yeah, I don't think Be- he was. I either. don't think because that's not his fault though. It's because the role was kind of. Yeah. It's because Brody it, became something. It was different way, way no too way. obvious that it was a scroll. Yeah. And yeah, and that he just was not himself. And yeah. He's way over the top, and yeah. and they're
0: also bringing up. Well, they're also doing the other thing where they're like oh, he's been a scroll for a long time. But in other movies, he doesn't act like this.
1: Uh, I think the consensus is that at least in the cameo in Falcon and Winter Soldier, he was a scroll. Okay. Which kind of devalues that whole conversation about African-American culture and heritage ah. that he had with Sam Wilson because apparently that's not him. Well. So, because the, the thing is, the roadie that we see get out of the pod is having trouble walking. Yes. Because of his... His injury. His injury. Yeah. But the roadie that we see in Falcon Winter Soldier is walking fine. fine. Yeah. So. Interesting.
0: Well, yeah. Okay. Let's rank these films. Uh, We have seven, I believe. We have seven. It's eight, I
1: believe. Is it eight? Four, five, six, Mask, and 66. It's eight. I'm always one behind. It's eight. We are at 8. Because there's four Schumacher Keaton, yes. or Schumacher 66.
0: Four Schumacher Burtons, Phantasm, Batman Begins, Now the Dark Knight. Yep. You're absolutely right. Okay. Let's start at number 8. My friend, this is easy. What is it? It is Batman and Robin. It is Batman and Robin. Uh, number 7. Batman the movie, 1966. Yeah, Batman 66. That's correct. Number 6. you remember what we had Batman here? Batman Return. It is Batman. it is Batman Returns you're correct Uh, I mean you're wrong because it's a masterpiece but that's fine Uh, number five do you remember what it is Batman 1989
1: right no Batman sorry Batman Forever Forever. that's it I knew that yeah I knew
0: that Batman Forever Um, that was number five we just did Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) this is so fun number four Batman 1989 that is Batman 89 correct Batman 89 Uh, number three Batman Begins. Batman Begins, you're correct. Uh, number two? Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Mask of the Phantasm is correct. And number one? The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, yes. This is, uh, we love Phantasm. It's going to stay high, uh, which I think is going to like kind of blow people away. Because usually for most people, I keep saying this, like it feels like their list like Phantasm is a little lower. But uh, it's going to be high on our list, which I'm fine with. Um, this movie's a masterpiece. It's one of the best. It deserves the number one
1: look, spot. Look, we kind of had a conversation off Mike about, like, Oppenheimer being, you called Oppenheimer Nolan's masterpiece, and yep. I said, well, I think you can make a case that this is also his masterpiece, mm-hmm. but I think it's in different ways, you know what I mean? Like, yes. what he's able to accomplish in this movie is unbelievable. What he's able to accomplish in this movie is important. Yep. Not that it's not an Oppenheimer, but what he's, what, I don't think Oppenheimer's going to be a game changer. Yes. Right? And then, although it might because it's making money, it's being successful, mm-hmm. and then, that I think Barbenheimer together will be a game changer because of yes. it was two very creative, talented directors with visions mm-hmm. making two original-ish movies. One's a biopic, one's mm-hmm. off of a brand, but they're not franchise movies. Right. Although I mean, Barbie's a franchise by like straight to DVD movies that nobody's watching. movies, and if you're
0: talking about toys, the franchise, but yeah. like. You know, and then, obviously, It wasn't a movie series. Oppenheimer's a biopic. It's yeah. It's nowhere near so a th- franchise. It's
1: not made-up original story... Well, I mean, Barbie's an original story, but it's not made-up original, creative, whatever, but right. they're they're not franchises. They're not sequels. They're not 3 or prequels or anything right. like that, you know?
0: Yeah. Quadricles. Um, quadricles. Quintuples. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fascinating. This is like... It's, it's so wild this, what this movie had the effect it had on everything and yeah. where it sends Christopher Nolan's career and how we even got like you were just saying like how we even got to this Barbenheimer weekend this Oppenheimer weekend but like it's still kind of wild that like we get to this thing and it's like wow like look how far he's come like we have these two talented directors putting out these two great movies but the fact that over ten years later, Christopher Nolan's uh, name still holds this much weight. Yeah,
1: is pretty impressive. Because like, the movie didn't have Killing Murphy wasn't isn't an A list actor. He's not a movie star. No, he's he's, a, he's he's awesome. He's an extremely talented, wonderful actor who deserved that lead role. But he's not the he's not the draw there. Sure. Yeah. And, well, he's a fascinating actor too because he
0: kind of gets like weirdly he got, he's had lead roles. I mean, like you know. Uh, Twenty eight days later yeah, all him, yeah. and from what I understand, they're going to do twenty eight years later.
1: He was talking. You know, he talked about it in an interview where he said he would. But he would do it. I th- just listened to this interview
0: today. Okay, um, I thought they said they were going to. They're
1: greenlighting this, and he was going to like do he, it. In the interview that I heard him talk about, now obviously it was recorded before the strike. Yeah, he said. I would. He do said it. I would do another one. I guess it would have to be twenty eight years, years later. later. Gotcha. Because it would. What else are you going to do? Right. But he's like, I guess it would have to be that. And it's like 23 years later in real life or something like that. Yeah. So he said, I would do it, but I'm not... I think it was in that movie, he was like, I'm not greenlining anything. I'm not saying it's happening. I'm right, not, right. I'm just saying that I would do it. Right, you right. Because like,
0: it's 28 days later, 28 weeks later, and then it'll be years if they end up doing the thing. Yeah, but there was rumors of 28 months, that would, that would, but would, it's got to be years It's got to be years, yeah. yeah. So that would make it... Um, that would make it the trilogy. We'll see, we'll see. Yeah. I hope they do that. But yeah, this this movie's incredible. Um, look, let's move to closing comments. What do you have to say about this movie? Anything you want to just give give the people well, about the Dark Knight? We've had
1: a lot of fun here. We've joked about this movie. We've nitpicked. We've whatever. It's hard to explain how important this movie is to people our generation. Like you know, I think our, I think this was very influential to people around our age. I think that this has stuck with us, and you can make fun of it. oh,
2: it's a bloody five
1: uh, stars. And and look, that's one hundred percent right. Like I'm not right. offended by that joke at all. It works, right? Because it's effective. That joke works. It makes sense. It's effective. It's it's accurate. But it's true. Like it's just it, if it, I'm not going to sit here and say it's not a five star movie because it's it's too cliched to say it's five stars. It's whatever. This movie is fantastic. I'm constantly engaged from the second I sit down to watch this movie. I care about the characters. I'm on the edge of my seat with the action. I'm laughing at the jokes. I'm into everything. You even when Gordon shot, I know Gordon comes back. You're still, oh my god, oh my god, like everything works. Yeah. We do get a little bit of detective work from Batman, not much with the bullet stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 are working on that. I know, you know, he's not the he's not the world's greatest detective like some people like You know, he is more of a soldier, more of a police officer in this movie. And I understand that. But it's so well done. Heath Ledger's performance, Christian Bale's performance, Michael Caine's performance. Everybody's working so well together. Some things are a little too on the nose. The exploding, you know, computer at the end. And, you know, the Christian Bale's performance asking about the Rachel stuff. and Rachel and all that stuff. I get it. Just because the movie's not perfectly made doesn't mean that it's not a perfect movie. Right. I, I think that, that everything still works the way it's supposed to. It still works together, right? There's there's flaws in this movie, but it doesn't bring anything down. It's super effective. It's super engaging. There's a reason why 15 years later, this is still the gold standard for superhero movies. There you go.
0: Yeah, it's one of the best superhero movies of all time. It's never going to lose that. Uh, well, maybe one day it will. But like right now, it, it, it is one of the best. And I think it always will be the best. I think... We keep talking about how this movie changed the direction of superhero movies, which it did. It changed everything. 2008 was a crazy year, and this was part of the reason why. Um, It changes uh, where we go in the 2010s. It defines, I would say, that entire decade of what film becomes. And it is such a powerhouse film from a powerhouse director with powerhouse actors all in his movie. And yeah, is it like you said, is it perfect? Is it perfect? Maybe some people know, it's not perfect, but it doesn't need to be perfectly made to be perfect. There there are aspects like you said, I I don't necessarily love about this Batman. Like I don't love that it's very militaristic overall. Like he you're right, he is kind of a soldier and I don't love that, but you know, it's a good movie. It is. <laughs> it really is. I mean, every time I watch it, I get sucked in because of the performances and I can overlook the flaws that I see with it but no this is it's it's one of the
1: best and I, I want to say this too before we get to in a couple of weeks where we're going to be doing the Batman stuff and I've I've had a, a lot of fun we've had a lot of fun going back and forth and poking the bear and poking the bear and doing grr and all that stuff right uh, making fun of you or whatever about the Batman or whatever at the end of the day the fact that there is even an argument over which, be- which is better the Dark Knight or the Batman aren't we just in like nerd comic book heaven the yeah. fact that like we could even argue or debate over which one's better. Yeah. Like isn't that absolutely amazing that it's, it's there's the even best. a even a contender because for the longest time there this was movie not. was head and shoulders above the rest of everything else we yeah. got. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the fact that there is actually a contender for between these two and whatever I to be completely honest with you, as we go into this, I don't know which one's gonna end up on top of the end of this list. Because that's between I know what you'd pick, I know what I'd pick. We got to do this together, and right. we will when we get there. Right. But the fact that this is even a conversation, doesn't mean I'm not going to leave you alone. Doesn't mean we're not going to. I'm not going to poke you. You're not going to poke me. Right. But the fact that like I think we're both in agreement of the fact that like the fact that this is even a. Con- I just said the fact a lot. The fact that this is even a conversation is absolutely incredible, and I'm, we're eating good yeah we're you eating real mean? good we're eating real good around here at Franchise mate. this is good stuff
0: I'm excited for that debate too it's going to be fun um, and honestly it's not much of a debate it's, it's not much of a debate because but it's, it's going to
1: be fun it's, it's, it's like it's one and two it's, it's what's one two. which one's better you yeah. know what I mean it's like you really can't go wrong with either one
0: yeah I, I, one have, a,
1: I have an idea and we'll get there about something part of a conversation we'll get there when we get there but you know we'll save it we'll figure yeah. it out cool well, I'm going to shut down the show
0: then. Uh, literally, I'm going to pull the plug. Do it. Uh, that brings us Do to it. the end of the show. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, Tony. And thanks to everyone for their support. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. You can follow us on Twitter. and uh, uh, X. 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 Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. We're not doing Stitcher died. Well, No, 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 no. We're not talking about Stitcher, Stitcher. Stitcher did die, but uh, X. It's not not Twitter anymore. It's X. Oh. Yeah, Okay. No, I'm kidding. It's Twitter. Uh, you, I'm not calling it X.
0: <laughs> don't call it X. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram uh, at pop Maybe we should get a Threads. Maybe that's what we should do. I actually
1: created this a thread Oh, really? did you? Yeah, we should. That. We should do that. I haven't, so, I haven't uh, fully activated it yet. I
0: just don't want to be on Twitter anymore. I would rather say Threads and Instagram rather than. We Twitter. do have
1: a Threads account, but I haven't fully activated it. Yet, I don't think. Okay, maybe we'll switch to Threads then. Maybe that's the move.
0: Um, you can see all our rankings on Letterboxd. Just search Franchise Me, one word. Send us an email at franchisemepod at gmail.com. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us your feedback so we can get better each week. Uh, also, check out our bonus series, A Year in Franchises, where we break down all franchise movies in a given year. Check out our website, franchisemepodcast.com, where you can see all of our episodes. Come back next week as we try to figure out Bane's accent. We discuss The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, you know, I was just fighting in the street oh Tommy Gunn. Rachel, right? what are you doing? What are you doing? Look, you, pull, you made me come out of the pit. I don't want to come out of this pit. I like it down here. Who's Tommy oh, Gunn? It's a nice pit. Where's Rachel? <laughs>